we're live. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Uh, everybody out there, can you hear me? Uh, let's go. It is Thursday night. It is PM in the PM. Thank you all for joining myself and the one and only Mav for another great episode, a week full of discussion. Uh, Phil finally being able to talk really about ABK and kind of a small glimpse into what's kind of coming up uh, and what the future kind of holds. And we're going to definitely talk about that. Obviously, Starfield taking September sales. That's going to be another big topic. Uh, we got some other stuff to get into. Spider-Man 2 reviews. I'm sure Mav and I will touch on as well. Looks like another hit for Insomniac, but we'll get into all of that. Let me tell you, chat, you guys are all amazing. Thanks for joining us again tonight. Um, so, but uh, let me get to my co-host, the man on a mission to bring the Fun Speculation Network worldwide. That's right, worldwide, 3 billion people he wants subscribe to this channel. Let's go. The one, the only fun speculation, AKA Mav. Brother, good to see you. Now, we have been playing some games this week, which has been fun as hell. So I have yes. talked to you this week. Uh, but how the hell are you doing, brother? What's going on, man? Doing pretty good, man. Just living the life, enjoying this golden age of gaming that we're in right now. Because it is. It has been absolute glorious uh so much great content all these games in a great place all these things all these updates all this halloween content too new seasons and ongoing games other games that are brand new that i can't even find the time to play because <laughs> there's too much other stuff uh diablo we got to play quite a bit of that the last couple days yes, and yes. that's been amazing getting back into that oh, season so good season two is glorious dude season of blood and season of, they should have just called it season of loot yeah <laughs> because it is dropping like nothing else dude there's like yes it's like god freaking candy everywhere it's just like everywhere it's everywhere man it's nuts yeah. how much loot there is and you're leveling up so fast and like everything feels so good enemies are so cool ah oh, man feels good to have that game back in a great place and uh that's not the only game we're gonna talk some more about some of these other games too uh yes. a little while later but uh man it's it's been awesome dude um and it's still just relishing in Forza Motorsport, um, waiting for some of these other big games to come out. It's it's been and you've yeah you touched on some Halo too, right? How's yeah. Halo Season Five huh. feeling, brother? Amazing, yeah, it's, like amazing. And we only played for a little while, but like the maps feel so good. The two new maps they have are, are fantastic. They feel like classics, honestly. And yeah. the um the game like each season they've done like the game just feels that much smoother and smoother like and it launched with a great gameplay feel you know what i mean yeah. uh there's still some things that people want to see fixed and touched on especially like you know uh people pointing out some of the desync stuff and uh, things like that um it hasn't really been a factor for me when i'm playing at all i'm not on that level right so like it's it's more about the enjoyment of it and uh, i've already seen some crazy creations out there with Forge, the stuff, people posting things with the new AI things they have going. Um, but yeah, the, just the, I, I'll just touch on what I played of it. The new maps I played in the, in the new map uh, thing, the 24-7 for that. 
uh the right. the, the um new armor core with all the stuff for that is absolutely amazing and it just feels it feels so damn good right now man like it they they they've done some amazing updates with halo and uh it's great to be able to really prop that game up and like be able to talk so positively about it again um and that's it's just one of many though that are kind of like that right now and this is awesome but what about you man i mean diablo uh you finally stepped away from starfield for a little bit first of all first of all we gotta address the chat here because of course your wife the beautiful miss caitlin drops in here uh again shout out caitlin to everything you do behind the scenes mm-hmm. but she's dropping slander in there and i've already got people calling me the hamburglar uh i much rather liken it to what Mav said behind the scenes that i'm wearing my sandman shirt yeah it's the same in man honor shirt. of in honor of spider-man 2 uh as i told Mav, this is one of the most comfortable sweaters i have ever owned in my entire life uh, i've had it for a very long time um and it is freaking amazing to wear it is just it is just the perfect fit that's why i wear it uh but uh you all keep going with your burglar stuff that's fine that's fine i'll be the burglar this week the hamburglar um no, but, um, enter the sandman yeah. enter the sandman yes. yeah pong soul yes. is here yes yes i am here <laughs> love you all uh, appreciate y'all coming out with some jokes uh, early on in the podcast for me. That's great. Uh, you're all just jealous. That's fine. If, if, um, you're, if you are the hamburger, <laughs> though, would that make me like yeah. grimace? Ooh, yeah. You just gotta get some purple. We gotta get you some Vikings gear. Then you'd be all purple. Be good. No, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no, man. I I definitely was rocking out with Starfield. Uh, back in Starfield, it it won't stop. It won't end. I will obviously be taking breaks because I've been playing other things. Played some Modern Warfare 3 beta last weekend, too. Um, oh, yeah. They got me. Felt really good. We played together uh, for some time as well. We had the family back together playing some Modern Warfare 3 beta. Um, no, you'll never make everybody happy in that community, uh, just like any big community. But my God, are they just... They are just selling the nostalgia factor. It's so obvious that when they decided to take this from DLC and turn it into a full-fledged release again, which, of course, Mav and I think it, you know, and a lot of us have speculated that was to end the Sony contract to be done with it uh, with a final game. But when they made that decision, they just said, screw it. We already know everybody's going to know what this is. Let's just lean in. Let's just go ahead and give them everything that they've been complaining about. Let's just give it all back to them. And then just let's redupe every single one of their favorite maps. Throw it all in there. Screw it. They get to carry over skins from Modern Warfare 2. Screw it. We're going to have all the old classic guns and all the classic feel. We're going to give them the fast-paced movement that they want. We're going to just do all that. We're going to give them back to slide cancel. We're going to give them all of it because we're going to sell them this DLC as a full-price $70 release. That's what they're doing, folks. But let me tell you something. It worked. Uh, for me, at least, uh, I really had a good time in it. Uh, it was a blast. It was Call of Duty, uh, but my God, does it feel good? The guns feel good. The movement feels great. Yeah. Um, they've even brought and remixed some of the old Modern Warfare sounds in the menus and stuff. 
they're just uh, also all the, about it. even the uh i was noticing yeah. when we're playing the yeah. font that they're using the font <laughs> yes so you did good. call that out and it was yes like, the font is so good it's this little thing but it makes me it just makes yeah. me happy every time <laughs> I, I see know. it you know? It's it's recalling all of our old times, Mav, the hundreds and thousands of hours that we put into old Call of Duty at its peak. I mean, some would claim that it's at its peak now with Warzone, but I'm just saying back in the day when Call of Duty was Xbox, that's what they're doing. And you're right, Mav. All those little things just make you feel good. Like yeah. it's just it's it's psychological warfare on Activision's part, but it's working. So anyways, did that. Uh, been definitely rocking Starfield again. Um, just that game won't stop. I don't want to stop playing it. It feels like home. I'm not bored of traversing planets and scanning things and, you know, being living my space pirate life and blowing up a million ships and uh, docking on ships and, and taking them by force. Like none of that is getting old to me right now. Every new system I go to, every new planet has a surprise for me. It's just ridiculous. That game is my favorite game of all time. I don't care what anybody says. It is a Bethesda-ass, Bethesda-ass game, and I am damn glad it is. I am glad that Todd and his team didn't go, we got to... We got to try to do something different in 2023 because all those game of the year awards and stuff, those don't mean shit. We got to do something different. We got to cut down on what we. Nah, they took everything that they learned and raised it up. As we have all said, this is a masterpiece through and through to me. I don't care what the score says. I don't care what the opinions of reviewers are. This is my favorite game all time. This is not getting uninstalled for a very long time, if ever. I love Starfield. So I've been back to that. And then like Mav said, uh, Diablo 4 did drop their season two. And I had watched their um, their fireside chat that they did. And I told Mav behind the scenes, and Mav can, uh, uh, Mav can attest to this, that I told him behind the scenes, I said, Mav, did you check it out? And he was like, no, I haven't had a chance. That was during one of his busy weeks. A week or two ago, and I said, you need to check this out. It sounds like they've listened and they're bringing back Diablo in a big way. Yeah. And yeah, they have the changes that they have made is 100 percent listening to the community, listening to the feedback, whatever their business model was, whatever they psychologically thought they needed to do as far as the grind goes to keep people engaged that actually caused people to walk away from Diablo four already. They took all that back and said, screw it much like Activision and call of duty. They're just like, screw it. Let's give them everything that they want. And guess what? It is a freaking awesome time to yeah. hop into Diablo right now fact there's a free to play weekend if you have not purchased diablo 4 yet you get 10 hours free this weekend if you want to hop into it and try it out this is the time i have not bought the premium battle pass i'm just using the free one i haven't decided yeah. if i'm going to invest in that but talk about as mav stated leveling up fast that grind is no longer there i've played nine hours or probably like 10 hours 10 hours between the past two days i am already level 44 45 already it is insane. It feels so damn good. And then like Mav and I talked about it, the loot and I was afraid they might be like, oh, yeah, we didn't mean to do it this much. But Mike Yabar was out on Twitter today 
posting screenshots from certain streamers mm -hmm. showing their screens entirely filled with ancestrals. And he was like, yeah, no, this is what we wanted. Like, this is, yeah, this is the changes we Glorious. made. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. The mobs, the enemies in the areas are so much better. There was moments last night, Mav, where we were literally fighting mobs for like five, ten minutes yeah. straight. You couldn't just... even have time to go through your menus no, or anything. No, you know? nothing. Like... They just kept coming wave after wave. And then we got into the whole new, um, the... What is it called? It's well, the 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 season two is season of blood, but the blood it's not hell tide, but they run like hell tides, except that they're continuous. And we figured out how to run through. They've got an area where you all have to you have to have three people, or you have to put into place fifty blood lures in each one of these statues, and then it calls forth this massive amount of waves. And then you get these mini bosses in there that, that start dropping yeah. legendaries. And we had a nice role where we were just almost every 10 minutes starting up one of those and just farming the hell out of it. And they also took the loot. And as Yabara said today, and he confirmed on Twitter today, and I said this last night while we were playing, it was, I was going through the loot. You're leveling up fast. So you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of loot. That's not, my level or that's worthless no 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 every time i was getting two to three pieces that were at my level and a higher power level overall it was glorious it was amazing it felt so good yes there's a couple issues with lag when you're playing um yeah. when, when you got party. a team in a party there isn't some like i didn't get any of it last night but i had it the night prior and mav said he was still getting it last night jasper said he was still getting it last night they fixed the pc issue um with crossplay with xbox steel was playing on pc with us last night worked out once we got him in there we did have to reset the party and then uh it worked perfectly he came in and everything was good he only got kicked once um so there is still little tiny issues but overall the feel of the game it feels more like diablo too like it mm -hmm. feels like crazy good the enemies are hard they not all of them are just cakewalks they will hit you they will you gotta watch your health you gotta be popping those potions but man oh man it feels like diablo 4 might have their little comeback here in season two if more people start jumping back into it i've seen more streamers jumping back into it again too i've been paying attention to that people are all saying the same thing this just feels good. This yeah. is what we wanted, Blizzard. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Who and would have thought let that us be OP. Want to have fun and be yes. overpowered yeah. playing a yes. looter, looter like that, you know? I right. Mean. Right. Exactly. Especially when there's so many different variations of each piece of loot. Grind is okay for like really, really special yeah. stuff. That's fine. But legendaries, like grinding out just to get point two percent better on something didn't fe didn't feel good at all and that's not the way it should be it should be this yeah. i should be having to worry about oh my god how am i going to hold all these legendaries in my backpack literally most of us stopped picking up yellows last night that's how that's how many legendaries were dropping for us like it's stupid uh, but it's fun and that's what that game's supposed to be about. So Diablo 4, if you want to jump back into it, I know there's a billion things to play. Like Matt said, it's the golden age of gaming. It really is. This year is one of the goats of all time. I'll probably put it up there as my goat of all time when it's all said and done. But honestly, Diablo 4 is this new season. They corrected 
massive amounts of the problems that they had from last season. So go check it out. I think you're going to have a good time if you're looking for Diablo. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. It was Ned? fun. Yeah, no, I just it's it's such in a good place now again. And, and somebody somebody's just in the set, uh, chat uh, calories saying like all the live service games making their comeback and the most busy time for video games in the last decade. Mm-hmm. That that's a very yep. accurate statement. Like, and it's because it's not just it's not just Diablo. Like Halo, um, Call of Duty just had an amazing event just drop. Um, I, all a lot of these games are all. Hitting their stride. Call forward. of Duty. I gotta go try Call of Duty. They know, got the, they got the butcher in there, bro. I gotta go <laughs> try. It out. And um, <laughs> to think about also like the other games that haven't touched in a while, like Fortnite has stuff going on, and like all these other mm-hmm. things. Like there's just so much stuff to play, and it's they're all like in this great place right now, like competing for our time, right? Yeah. And I feel that pool, you know, with everything. And and that's with everything I touch. That's not Starfield or Forza right now. Also, yeah, I feel like I'm neglecting those games because I love them so much. Yeah. Right? It's just yeah. it's just insane. But Diablo, especially, like they've really hit it on uh, the head with this one. It's like when you have fun as your core element that you're looking for toward to drive engagement instead of economics. Right? Yes. That yeah. is what drives the economics because you get people to play the damn game right so all this thing about you know oh we got to like try and figure out how to like tone stuff down enough to make people feel like they they can play for longer amounts of times all you do is you drive people away like and at the end of the day what is going to make you money uh blizzard and and the game successful over the long haul is people having fun with it right and this is bringing that fun and addicting quality. We were all having a blast, dude. Uh, yes. Jasper was having fun. Steel was having Steel. a blast. Uh, yeah, Steel and his fun. necro was like, man, This he said it in the chat right now. And thanks for the hamburger comment against Steel, too. I appreciate yeah. you, brother. Uh, but yeah, Steel said, you know, he was finding what I found last season with necro. He's like, oh, man, this thing's so powerful. It's over P, you know, it's OP. It's a cakewalk, as he said in the chat. Um, but that's that's fun because we want to get to the next tier. We want to get to yeah. tier three. Then we want to get to tier four last season, bro. We were struggling through tier three. Like that's not how it's supposed to be at all. And that's not. I mean, they're dropping legendaries like they're hamburgers, yes. right? Yes. I mean, yes. And I was taking them all. <laughs> You're like, and I was taking them all. You're getting like a hamburger, <laughs> bro. I kept counting. Legendary. I kept counting. <laughs> Bro, we had what we had one of those mini boss, uh, one of those spots that I was talking about. I had eleven. I had eleven in one of those spots. Like it was crazy, man. I'm not even looking at the because we're only in uh, World Tier Two right now. Still, I'm not even looking at the aspects. I'm just equipping the highest item power, and I'll just worry about all that stuff later. I'm just uh, we only have like a second to apply anything, so I'm just like randomly (laughs) clicking on stuff, just like okay. This feels fun. I'm not even worrying about a build right now. Yep. I'm just going yep. and like just having fun mashing through these um, enemies. Bro, just, they've done so much. Great. Gold is not an issue anymore, folks. You don't have to worry about selling things. I haven't sold one piece of equipment yeah. since I started. Junk I have just been yeah. junking it all, disassembling it all, right? And I've got four, oh, almost, I, I think I'm at 4.6 million gold right now. 
like there's no issue anymore. Like it's, it's so much fun, man. It's exactly what we asked or what we thought Diablo should be, what we thought we were going to get. Remember, yeah. this is the beta. That's why I said last night, it's almost like they reverted it back to the beta when everybody was praising the hell out of it, Matt. Yeah. When we were all like, oh my God, Diablo, holy shit, Blizzard is knocking out of the park, all this stuff, because that's the same feeling we had during the beta. And then the, the beginning when they first launched it, it was fine, but they had taken away the loot they had dropped things off and then season one hit and they really they did revert some of the mass the really big problem changes but it wasn't enough right and they they hadn't fixed your resistances yet or anything like that the resistances were completely broken they just went in season two and said here's the beta form of diablo plus we're going to fix all the resistance problems so resistances actually do mean something now and go have fun people and we're like, yes, please. Thanks. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. what we asked for. Oh, the, the other aspect to Pong, where we were kind of like had to keep kind of talking about it every once in a while. We would just kind of stop ourselves and just be like, this is an Xbox first party game now. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, it, you know, Microsoft owns Blizzard and they own Diablo. And it's just yep. insane. We, we were playing occasionally. It's like, this game that we had enjoyed a few months mm -hmm. back and we were super addicted to now this new season comes out and we're yeah. kind of getting addicted to it again. And it's like, <laughs> Hey, Xbox owns this. And, and then also you mentioned call of duty, the beta, like uh, they own that too. It's like nuts, but like uh, even that beta too, I got to touch on that again real quick. Yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah. The, uh, I was a little, honestly, like, um, a little, I, I was, I'm not going to say worried, but I, I was a little like timid about the modern warfare aesthetic, modern warfare three, mm. but like they trying to change in the gameplay more mm. like to like the Treyarch style black opsy type. Right. Correct. Um, yep. But when we were playing, right. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. getting into it, it as like, it was feeling really good. Bro, yeah, yeah bro. it was. It was the gut. The, it was feeling really good. I was like, okay, this is actually in a great place. I know some people don't like the longer time to yes. kill and stuff. I'm I thought it's a shorter time to kill. Like, I, I yeah, thought it was pretty fast. I, I, I was actually digging that. I, I feel like, um, it's, it's that's really something I enjoy more usually in, yes. in shooters instead of like the quick two two bullets or whatever. If unless I'm trying to play like uh a ghost recon or something like that. You know what I mean? Then it's like, yeah, that, that, I want the yeah, ultra more realism. Soon. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, with this, I, I kind of enjoy that more, uh, good style, stuff, man. you know, and, and it was, it was a blast and I was getting that mm -hmm. nostalgia, um, a little bit. So even though you couldn't wait. remember a single map, <laughs> I remembered some of them. <laughs> you <laughs> did not. <laughs> yes, I did. Remember, I did, I completely described high rise to you before the map launch. No. Yeah, you I, screwed it up. No, I was like, it's the one with the crane thing, and you Jasper was laughing at you. Like, yeah, you were the like, rooftop. there's buildings, there's buildings in the rooftop, and Jasper was like, well, yeah, it's high rise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I remember that one. Oh, Chad, I wish you could. I wish we were full time streaming all the time. Some of the some of the things that come up while we're uh, playing games is absolutely freaking hilarious. But yeah, map couldn't remember these maps that we played a billion times back in the day. It was hilarious. Yeah, I remember. Uh, this so we were getting a hard time once I got in the building. 
Once I saw sure. the building, I was like, I remember this now. <laughs> but when we spawned the first location, it's like I didn't I didn't recognize it at first. So I was like, this is, uh, it was this. amazing. Oh god. I still we have no recollection of Favela. I no, I can't which is that's so odd, bro. I can't like remember favela. playing that map at all, but I've played so much Modern Warfare 2, it's insane. I I don't know how I don't remember these things, but yeah. And and Rust is exactly how you all remember it, by the way. I can tell you that much. Rust is exactly how you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Uh, anyways. Yeah. No, we had a great time. Um, and we were, we were laughing and that's when you know it, right? When we're all laughing, we're all joking around and just having a really good time. And Modern Warfare 3 beta was definitely giving us that feeling again. And again, I know this happens every year with Call of Duty. Yeah. Same thing. I said a lot it, of the same things with, with Modern Warfare 2. Vanguard though. No, no. And I skipped Vanguard completely. Right. Yeah, so same. I didn't even touch Vanguard. So um, I had zero interest in that game. Um, obviously, when it drops in the game pass, I want to play uh, through the campaign because uh, mm -hmm. I did hear people say the campaign was pretty damn cool. So I'm going to try it there. But yeah, no, but Modern Warfare 2, I said a lot of the same things I'm saying right now. But Modern Warfare 3, even though we know it's all DLC, even though we know this is a cash grab slash finish out the contract kind of situation for them. If you're going to do it this way and you're going to sell us a whole lot of BS, do it. This that this is the way to do it, right? This is the, you go for all the feels. You go for all of us old people who played these maps, because, again, a lot more people play Warzone. Warzone is where it's at with Call of Duty anyways. But if you're going to do traditional, like just lean into the nostalgia. And that's exactly what they did. Like Steel kept making fun of it because Steel, no, Steel couldn't get over how bad it was that they were just like, here's here's your old here's your old Call of Duty. Three thousand people worked on it. Congratulations, because we kept making jokes about that. I was like, yeah, Steel, three thousand people worked on this one uh, because there's just like redo. You're redoing your greatest hits. Of course, it's going to be good. Because yeah. those greatest hits are greatest hits for a reason. Your maps back in the day, your layouts were pristine. That's why so many different Call of Duties had people with their lists of favorite maps. Because you guys were at your peak. Each one of your companies, Infinity War, Treyarch, were at their peak in map creation. Which a lot of people feel has fallen off from the traditional Call of Duty multiplayer. And that's why more people have gone to Warzone at the end of the day. But you just bring those back and all you do is, up, you know, up the visuals. Of course, it's going to feel great. Of course it is. It's not magic. It is. It's already established. So uh, but I'm OK with it. I'm OK with it. I was enjoying the hell out of it. So looking forward to it in November for sure. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. Yeah. We, we have a we do have a five dollar super chat. Oh, grab it. Too. Uh, Spartan grab it. 661 hit us with the five dollars. Thank Think Spartan says. Xbox has the backing of Microsoft. Microsoft has the backing of consumers. Consumers mm -hmm. have the ear of Xbox gamers because they listen to what we want. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so far. So far. Exactly yeah. what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So far. And these and some of these companies are learning it too, right? Listen to your consumers and guess what? You got it. But you know, to go back to your point too, Mav, about the us just keep you know kept reminding ourselves when we we're playing modern warfare 3 beta and then obviously diablo 4 season 2 that microsoft now owns this as first party even if it's multi-plat it doesn't matter at the end of the day it's in the ecosystem and eventually they're going to be on game pass and again i've got to say this folks you have playstation 
in my opinion, desperately seeking to find one or two of these games. And they're never going to be, probably be, I won't say never, because again, we don't deal in absolutes. That's a Sith thing. But 95, 98% sure they will never, ever get a game first party wise that's as big as Call of Duty or Diablo, right? As a franchise. And yet they are desperately seeking just to have one or two have a fraction of the success. And here's Microsoft with like 10 (laughs) now that they own ABK. Yeah. And they're already successful and they've already built even a couple on their own, like Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is still the 19th best-selling game. Sea of Thieves. That blew my mind. I saw that, dude. (laughs) Like, really? Yeah. And and you talk about like that. I mean, there's so many like... You know, Xbox figured out games as a service a long time ago, right? And Correct. That's what they've been known for, and right? They, Multiplayer they, and games as a service. They yeah. stick with the games even if they do struggle from the beginning, yeah. and that's the key to it because they're growing these fan bases and these audiences over time. And even when the games have struggled or there's been frustrations with some of them, like they've they've just kept chugging away. And now, like, Halo's in the place that it's at. And that somebody in the chat was saying they had, like, 16,000 people watching on for the new season content on Twitch or whatever. That's yep. big for them, man. And like huge. Um, all it takes is this uh, more consistency and all these things, which they've gotten to now. Yep. And uh, people are really excited for where it's at. And, and then you got Firefight coming back for Halo in November yep. as well, which is something we've been asking for. Now, the, the thing is with like these games of service, if some of them, if they don't hit, some companies just give up on them like right away or like they say, Oh, this was a failure. This was this or that. And so they're just going to abandon it. But overall, like Microsoft has proven that and, and that they're going to stick with it. State of decay is another example. Uh, you have grounded is another example. Uh, sea of thieves, probably the best example that franchise and that yep. game. I got a lot of flack when it launched, right? And it just grew into this monster that it's still growing in popularity a years after release. Um, and it's showing back, it's showing up in the charts for this month. It's just nuts, yeah, bro. It is. Um, and then is. you can add to that like Minecraft and stuff, you yeah. know? I mean, they, they own these gigantic 300 million players in Minecraft now. It's nuts, dude. It's nuts. Um, it's just these player bases are so huge. And like, yeah. I think it's a misconception that people think more people play PlayStation games. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not factual, like at all. Right. I mean, some of the games may sell more at right. first. Right. Sure. But you look course. at a lot of these of games in the, in the, in yeah. the um, player counts over the years. Yeah. And it's just, there's so yeah. many people that are, are in the Xbox ecosystem. Um, and now you add to that the 400 million plus players that ABK brought into the fold as well that are part of the Xbox ecosystem. It's Correct. just numbers that make a massive impact. Um, um, so there was some interesting articles too, Pong, that had come out about yep. the impact from the, from like industry perspectives and stuff um, where people were like, yeah, they're going to see like, you know, this puts more pressure on, publishers and other things to like uh, focus more on Microsoft and all these kind of things. And I think that's going to be uh real interesting to see. Uh, welcome yep. back to the channel three bit, bro. We <laughs> missed you. Thanks for joining back with the speculators, dude. Oh, brother three bit. Yeah. Look at you. You're yeah. so cute. 
Congratulations <laughs> to 3-Bit who got engaged, everybody. Yes, yes. Congratulations to 3-Bit making the big move. Um, and uh, it's always a special time. And especially, especially you know, he's, he's younger. Uh, so that's a big commitment. Uh, but, uh, you know, the man has put in a lot of work. Like we all joke about, he sometimes when he describes the things that he's done, or he says, oh, yeah, I did this like back in the day. It's like, how many lives have you lived? Are you a yeah, vampire three bit? Because literally you feel it feels sometimes like three bits live three lives already. Like it's insane. Like, uh, but no hats off the three bit for making the big move. Obviously, it's amazing to fall in love like that. Make that type of commitment and uh, nothing but blessings and success and continued love uh, to both of you three bit. And I know it's going to be amazing for you. So uh, absolutely. And it's good to see him back podcasting every once in a while. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's always a good thing, too. Um, yeah, I guess his fiance lets him do that every once in a while. You know? Every once in a while. Yeah. We'll see if that continues <laughs> once the ceremony's over. Yeah, it might be. Sorry, guys. Uh, just don't have time anymore. Gotta I got to go on. Got to go to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Yeah, got I got things around the house I got to do. Uh, you know, I got to do gardening and uh, I got to yeah. do some woodworking and uh, stuff like that. So sorry, guys. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, no, it's awesome. My, my wife's really making is. me go to Home Goods today, guys. I'm gonna be yep. busy. Yep, I'm gonna be busy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man. Let's uh, let's shout out the chat here. Let's get into some topics because uh, we do have some stuff we can kind of. Maybe we'll just start out with the Starfield one after I shout out the chat here. We'll roll into Starfield just dominating September um, and go from there. And Oh, what I was going to real quick too, Matt, before uh, I was going to add to to what you were just talking about with the games as a service too. It's crazy to think about a game like Forza Horizon actually yeah. still outsold Starfield, right? 13% more. Um than even Starfield, with Starfield being number one in September and how big Bethesda games are. Forza Horizon, a game that is a racing genre. Yes, it's open world. Yes, it's arcade, but normally you don't see those types of numbers. But that's the power. That's the power of Xbox yeah. Game Pass and their ecosystem in introducing people to something and then those people following up and buying said product right that's how you do it so uh yeah they've got stuff like that that just comes out of the blue and absolutely crushes so they're they are winning by far in that area it's, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy to watch so uh all right chat i see you dropping all in here poison maniacs in the house what's going on says mcpong thank you sir uh spartan 661 who gave us the five dollars super chat earlier good to see you spartan uh ocd gamers in the house what's going on ocd we got talos ray in here talos always great to see your name thank you for dropping on in mr nichols what's going on mr nichols calorie calorie what's going on calorie uh great to see you as always brother why so serious is in here, of course. Dropping on in here, Masshole 1977 says, Don't do it three bit. <laughs> you always get those comments too. <laughs> uh, God Emperor Sofa Kings in the house. What's going on, God Emperor? Great to have you join us tonight. Absolutely. We got Sin in here, and I saw Sin earlier post that he'd finally hit level. 20 in Starfield and was thinking about the uh, main quest line. Sin, play how you want to play. Uh, I'm over 250 hours in level 50. Haven't touched the main quest line yet. Haven't touched it. But if you feel like jumping, that's what you're supposed to do in Bethesda games. Play them how they lead you down the primrose, primrose path. 
you do what it leads you to do and you'll enjoy yourself even more. So if you feel like it, go for it, man. Uh, Alvin is in the house. What's going on, Alvin? Great to see you as always. He says, in two days, the Forgers had created Halo Pokemon battles. Yes, I saw that. Steel brought that up last night and I found the video of it today. Shout out to the creativity of the entire community. When you give them tools of a game, it's insane what they can do with it we've seen it with bethesda time and time again we've seen it in forge through halo and for halo infinite are making incredible maps because they're the exact same tools the devs have which is just awesome i can't wait to see what people do with this new ai that they put in there as well um and a 300 foot tall godzilla hunter encounter insane absolutely agree alvin even though i don't play it I can still sit back and appreciate what's going on over there, man, for sure. Uh, who else we got in here? We got the one and the only Lore Master Jasper. What's going on, Lore Master? Uh, great to see you. Um, well, it's Timmy. It's Timmy's in here. What's going on? It's Timmy. The real YT Shadow. I'm assuming that means YouTube Shadow. Okay, the real YouTube Shadow. What's going on? Uh, Oh, 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 we, oh, you want to come in here with some slander. I see the real says you guys still talking about trash Starfield, sad bots. No, we're happy. We're happy bots because we are playing Starfield, which we consider a masterpiece. Don't care what your opinion is. Won't change mine. I won't change yours. Have a wonderful day, but thanks for dropping in. Appreciate you. Um, who else we got in here? We got the hooded Canuck is in here. What's going on, hooded Canuck? We got Sensei Matrix up in here. What's going on, Sensei Matrix? And I see what you're doing over there, Matt, by the way. Uh, thank you. I, you're, you're pretty funny. Uh, who else we got in here? We got Leonard Herrera in the house. What's going on, Leonard? Uh, who else? We got Cyberwolf. I'm sure Caitlin did that, too. Why are my eyes fish eyes? I know my eyes aren't perfect, but why are they fish eyes in that picture? No, they're your normal eyes are just showing through the mask. Your yeah, but the mask them. makes them look like uh, fish eyes. Thanks. Uh, anyways, uh, make it 10,000 times worse. Game Shark's in here. What's going on, Game Shark? Beautiful Miss Caitlin, I'm sure you have everything to do with that. So, again, I do appreciate you, and I do love you, but you're just wrong. You're just wrong for this. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the one and only brother from another Steel Rain is in the house. What's going on, Steel? We got Charlie Hustle up in here. What's going on, Charlie? Great to see you, brother. Thanks for dropping on here. We got the man with the biggest stick of them all. Pause, but he's not afraid Whoa. to use it. Boss Mod Lethal Papa is up in here. What's going on, Boss Mod? Make sure you control the chat. It seems like we might have a troll or two jump on in here tonight. We're getting to that level. Froggy T White. What is going on, Froggy T? We got Seeky in the house. Great to see you, Seeky. Wilfrey Rosario. Always stopping on in. What's going on, Wilfrey? Black Car Day. What's going on, Black Car Day? Great to see you, brother. Uh, thank you for joining our show tonight on another Thursday. Let's see who I missed in the bottom because everybody shows up. We got Stash Gordon in the house. What's going on, Stash? Uh, who else? Let's see if I missed anybody. We got Grim Tango XL. What's going on? Just enjoying the salt mining of Fertanga right now. Shout out to you. Whatever you enjoy, enjoy it. Xbox BG. What is going on? RSJ fan, my friend. How are you doing? Thank you for dropping in here. We got the P153D. Whoop, whoop. What up, peeps? Peeps, what's going on with you, peep? Great to have you a part of the show as well. Amit Kubar is up in here. What's going on, Amit? Always a pleasure to see your name. 
and Antonio Newman. I see you dropping in here. Well, thank you, Antonio. Appreciate you dropping on by and saying hi. Uh, I think I've caught up. Decado, I see you. I see you're late, but that's good, Decado. Thank you for dropping in here, man. Appreciate you. Magnum Westward. What up, gamers? Absolutely nothing but a bunch of gamers in here. We also have, uh, let's see, Lou. Let's see. Luna Scars, Luna yeah. Scars, XO, XL, Luna Scars. Appreciate you dropping on in here. Thanks for joining us tonight. This is PM and the PM on a Thursday night where we are on a regular basis right here every Thursday night. So uh, thank you all, chat. You're all looking amazing. Already some good conversations in there. Let's go. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Seven Digit, I see you. RWK88, of course, dropping on in here. What's going on, RW? Sanchez, MTZ Gaming. Look at all you late bloomers. Thank you for dropping on in here. Ghost Fixter, what's going on? Uh, appreciate every single one of you. All right, Beth. We do we have, another, chat. We have another uh, super chat to get to real quick as well. Go for it. Pong, Soul, and chat, you guys are amazing um all all the people whether you're just here hanging out whether you're watching later whether you're an audio listener whether you uh just stop by and are a lurker and you uh hit the like button or whatever just appreciate each and every single one of you just for giving us your time um all the channel members here uh go above and beyond with support super chats is always above and beyond we never expect anything here always just appreciate it uh you guys fucking rock um alvin with the five dollar super chat says starfield topped npd without the playstation or that is our nintendo audience and being on game pass day one this was judgment day for a lot of narrative pushers Mm. absolutely alvin and yo sanchez mtz thank you so much dude for the five gifteds bro appreciate that um that's right we got the five spot sub train going everybody that's right our stretch goal tonight (laughs) is 30 so please please i don't want to add advertising to this show i don't want map to have to add advertising to the show we are on a stretch goal for 25 let's get to it if you get gifted we always appreciate a gift back so we don't have to do the advertising folks thank you for joining us and giving those gifts uh, appreciate it reforge and that coffee's coming yeah, my god <laughs> for real sanchez appreciate you despite Pong's always appreciated i gotta do it i gotta do it man it's just it's freaking hilarious uh, every time I got to watch him more so I could do it exactly like him. I just love it, though. I think it's freaking hilarious. Anyways, <laughs> stretch goal, everybody. We're on our way. Let's go. Oh, jeez. Um, stretch. I am drinking my coffee like him tonight. Yeah. Um, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Um, yeah. No, you, you guys all rock. Appreciate you guys. Um, yeah. So getting into what Alvin was saying, you want to, is, is that the yeah. next topic? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, that's about, the next Bones topic. Soul? That's the next topic. Let's do this. Jack's 82. I see dropping here. What's going on? Um, let's start with this. Let's just do some overall big numbers and we'll get into Starfield stuff here real to it quick too. I'll just read down uh, some of Matt Piscatella. Shout out to Matt Piscatella on the business side of things. Dude, uh, definitely provides a lot of information on Twitter. Uh, good guy. Been in the industry for a very long time and understands what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff. So, um, September 2023, U.S. video game market highlights from Circana. U.S. Uh, consumer spending on video games, content, hardware, and accessories grew 10% compared to a year ago, totaling $4.5 billion. Growth in the spending on video games, content, um, and accessories offset an 8% decline in hardware. 
So that's a little interesting. Uh, year to date, U.S. Uh, consumer spending across uh, video game products remained two percent higher than a year ago, at a total of thirty nine point four billion dollars. Again, biggest entertainment industry in the world at this point. September twenty twenty three, top twenty best selling premium games, including dollar sale dollar sales or it's it's dollar sales but it also excludes add-on content number one mav for september starfield yep starfield number one number two mortal Kombat one number three ea fc 24 we all know how big both mortal Kombat and fc are that uh, those are across all platforms and then, of course, Madden's still there, obviously. Payday 3 was up there at number 5, which was crazy. And then NBA 2K24 at number 6. I'll just read out the top 10. The Crew Motor Fest at number 7. Armored Core 6 still in the top 10 at number 8. Hogwarts Legacy continuing to sell like hotcakes at number 9. And then finally, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 still in the top 10 at number 10. Okay, and then again, as we mentioned before, Sea of Thieves is the interesting one down at 19, but crazy that it's in this top 20. Um, Mav, you look at this, and there was so much talk, and obviously, you know, everybody wants to always say that Game Pass kills sales, that Xbox players don't buy games. This continues to go on and on and on, even though if you look at most of the sale charts for any of the games that do publish results, percentage-wise, Xbox is always within the range of when you take a look at like you know PlayStation's player base versus Xbox's player base, they're always within the same percentages. It's never very far off, but this narrative has been ongoing for a long time. That Game Pass was going to be ultimately kill off the industry. That if you train everybody to only subscribe and only play the games that are in that subscription service, and everybody just wants everything for quote unquote free, that this it's going to be the end of it, all of it. But here we are, Starfield. Arguably one of the biggest launch games for Xbox's ecosystem in a very, very long time. Whatever examples you want to give, I'll probably agree with you because I went back to Halo CE, Halo 2, Halo 3, whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter. And yet, Mav, obviously they've got a huge Bethesda, has a huge fan base on PC. We knew that. We were talking about that prior to launch, that PC is Bethesda's home. But there is this little service over there on PC map that's called PC Game Pass as well. So it's not like yeah. there's no subscription service over there where you can get that too. But combine those two together, no PlayStation, no Switch involved in these numbers, obviously. And number one, and it's not like September was a dead month the other, either map. No. Right? Mortal Kombat. You had all the sports games. EA, like, FC, yeah. you had Madden that just dropped a month prior. You got NBA 2K24. Yeah. Starfield still tops the September charts. Absolutely, again, in the face of the clowns, the actors, all these talking heads 
that have built their channels about talking about Xbox nonstop in a negative light in their faces. Starfield shows up at number one and absolutely 100% is verifiable proof that your narrative that Xbox players in general, that game pass people don't buy games. It absolutely crushes it because again, if nobody's buying it on Xbox, you're telling me that the PC crowd made Starfield number one in September over all those other big multi-plat platform franchises. You're telling me that the PC crowd alone with PC Game Pass available absolutely drove Starfield to number one all by themselves. All the all the Steam players, that's that's who did it. I'll call you a liar. I'll call you a liar to your face. And you know you're not right. And we now have verifiable proof. Again, I know it won't matter to any of you. But Mav, what are your thoughts on this, man? About Starfield doing exactly what we thought it would do. Um, coming out the gate on fire, despite the supposed reviews, despite the supposed opinions of so many people that this wasn't worthy. Here it is. Starfield number one. What'd you think for your brother? I mean, I think it's a testament to the magnificent game that they built first off. Like, there's, we talked about how big the PC market was going to be for these Bethesda single player RPGs for a long time. And we, we think Starfield's big. Just wait till Elder Scrolls 6, right? When that hits, yep. uh, it's going to be even on another level. But besides Starfield, like, it's, it's, I mean, besides Elder Scrolls 6, uh, Starfield's been like, um, this game, it, it, it didn't just dominate sales for September, it dominated conversation. Like, Correct. the entire month, everybody was talking Starfield, whether it was, like, trying to be critical of it or trying to praise it or, or whatever. It just absolutely dominated all gaming conversation pretty much for an entire month, bro. Yep. And that's in the despite of a lot of these other casual kind of games that had dropped it out there that are usually some of the top sellers. Like, um, And a lot of those sports games that hit, like, in late August and some of them early September or mid-September or whatever, usually those are, like, the top games right in yep. sales for those months but like this nothing surpassed starfield this time and uh absolutely crazy um without playstation without nintendo right um focusing on the pc market and the xbox console market and being in limited a... bus advertising too, map. Yes, it was only it was only two two or three buses <laughs> only two or three buses you you had no marketing remember all the there was the marketing for Starfield, all this, like, they just, they didn't even care to market that game, right? I mean, right. I mean, all that nonsense stuff that people were saying, you know, uh, despite all the negative commentary that was out there from some of the big games media or people over, overly critical or over hyper focusing on certain aspects of the game to try and uh drive negative engagement towards it uh they, it just shone through right yep. it pushed through all yep. of that and uh you see what kind of a monster starfield was uh for that for the month of september in 2023 this is not just any september this is not just any year there's games right. that came out earlier this year that are still selling like crazy every single Hogwarts. month right jesus uh, they, these games are massive, and um, you're going to have another big month this year for a lot of games. I, 
And it's going to be curious where Starfield shows up on the October charts comparatively to yep. some of the other games that have come out previous right. as well. I'm not going to necessarily compare it to like a lot of these big new October releases, you know, but, uh, right. Right, but comparison course. to other games that released earlier this year, it's going to be interesting to see where it kind of lays, uh, lays out now, but like subscription mm-hmm. gaming, all that stuff, there's a big hitter that people really want. People are going to get it. Um, and also if you have your subscription, you can play it that way. And I'm curious about how many players played it on game pass, right? How many people played on this? We talked about this early on too, when Bethesda came out and said, this was their biggest launch of all time for one of their RPGs. Let me throw this, this little tidbit in there too, this week too, that came out with these stats. Yeah. None, not zero. Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout 3, Fallout 4. Zero of Bethesda's titles in the past have ever taken number one yeah. in a month. Think that's, about that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. crazy. That is nuts. And with how we think about those games, right? Starfield did it in one of the most crowded gaming years in history, right? And that's saying, saying something... Um, so whether people try and downplay it now or whatever, uh, it's just it's a special damn special damn game. It's huge. It's going to be a game that's going to be played for a decade, right? And uh, I yes, it's going to sell astronomically. This will probably sure. be um, until Elder Scrolls Six comes out and has the life that it has the the biggest selling uh, Bethesda game of all time over the over the course of its history. It despite being in Game Pass, right? Um, yeah. Now. That, but that's that factor too, because I Correct. those people are still. If you have Game Pass, you're still paying for access to the game, right? So, how many players are in Game Pass playing it also? And to add that on top of being number one in sales, you really have this amount where you think, okay, usually being number one in sales is that it means that, oh my god, a shit ton of people have been playing this game and love it. But you add on top of that being number one in sales with the Game Pass players. You're talking about by far the most played game in September, right? Correct. Like for all of these games on the list, yep. absolutely huge achievement um, mm-hmm. from Bethesda uh, masterpiece. I'll say it time and time again. The game is absolutely freaking incredible and it deserves all the praise that I can personally give to it. Uh, whether you have critiques on it or not, I mean, no game is yeah. perfect at all, yeah. right? Nope. Um, nope. But there's games that are special. Yes. And this is definitely one of those, and uh, it's 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 selling like it. That's for damn yeah. sure. And like you said, Matt, we're gonna see waves of Starfield right through the years. Uh, they're they're already data mining it, yeah, and finding out that there's potentially actual star base, yeah, crafting in this where you can stations. build space stations, yeah, in in space, like. This is going to continue on. We're already seeing, I saw a full view of uh, somebody had put on the mods for both the Mandalorian and the Stormtrooper mod. And you already see that Star World, a Star Wars world being built around this. And again, everybody can say, well, that's just the PC side. You know, that's not going to affect the con. No, 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 no. They have big plans for the console mods as well. Uh, and as this becomes more normal, as people play it more and understand even on their console, they're going to have access to these mods. You're going to see more people actually using those mods as well. 
And you can say, well, that's not the original game. It doesn't matter. That's how Bethesda builds their games. They build them purposefully to entertain people. As we've heard, Todd, what we've learned is our fans like to play our games for 5, 10, 15 years. We're now building our games for that. So you can say whatever you want to say, but Starfield does something different. Like Mav said, it is the only game. And again, I challenge anybody out there, give me one fully released game that has as many systems going on at this scope of Starfield. And maybe there's some obscure PC game that you guys all know about that I don't know about. But that still would tell me that Bethesda is the only big developer out here that does these types of games. There's a reason why. And that's what Starfield is already showing and will continue to show down the road. Once Spider-Man 3 comes out and Spider-Man 4 comes out, everybody's going to forget about Spider-Man 2. Starfield is going to sit right alongside Skyrim and Oblivion and Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 and be continued to be played. And it's a brand new IP. I saw Jess P bring that up in the chat as well when we were talking about this map. That's another big point to make here. This is not an established Bethesda franchise. This is a brand new IP where they tried to do things differently in some areas than they've ever done before because of the scope of the game. And some people have found out that they don't like it. That's okay, right? Mr. Manny plays, doesn't think the exploration's great. Neither does Jez. They're both big Bethesda fans. They don't think the exploration's great. To me, they've got a brand new fan that says this exploration is freaking off the charts. It's everything in all their other games, except on a grand scale where every single planet gives me an exploration. Like, so again, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some when you're Bethesda, when you try something different. That's fine. Yeah. But the fact is, this game is going to continue to grow and expand, change over time. And we're going to see waves of Starfield popularity as new things show up, both from Bethesda themselves and from the modding community. And again, it's going to be no different than any other games, except it's grander on scale, more possibilities now than ever before about what we're going to see down the road from Starfield. And Mav, I gotta, I'll bring it back to here too, because we just said, well, it's number one in September. That's great. It's freaking fantastic. It's something that we both believed would happen um, as one of the best-selling games of 2023. And sure enough, with one month in, it is already the seventh best-selling game in 2023 without having the PlayStation platform, without having the Switch platform. It is number seven. I'll yeah, read the top 10 for you guys in here too. Being out yeah. for less than a month. Without less than a month and yeah. on Game Pass. <laughs> this isn't this isn't the this isn't the 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 numbers that everybody likes to make fun of from Microsoft, right? Where they say, "Oh, we've had 20 million players." This isn't those numbers. This is actual sales data. And the people so, downplay those numbers too. Those numbers actually matter. Those too, matter but, here, yeah. but what I'm saying is yes. we're Yeah. I, I another narrative, right? Yeah, this is the sure. other narrative that runs. Well, these numbers speak to something completely different than what those people like to say. Number one is Hogwarts Legacy. No shock there. Yeah. Hogwarts Legacy has been selling like crazy. Well, will that number, end the number one you think for the year? Um, Tears of the Kingdom's got a shot because that's number two already. Yeah. So I think Tears of the Kingdom has a shot. 
I don't know if it's going to do it because Hogwarts still finished number nine in September. So it's going to be a close battle between those two. Right. But I think Hogwarts probably will pull it out. I think it will. I think it still will. Christmas time, Hogwarts legacy. Harry Potter is a Christmas IP, even though we don't think of it that way. It's a magic IP, but it's a, it's a Christmas. It's a holiday. And I think some more people are going to jump into it again uh, during the holidays. But anyways, we'll see. Number one, Hogwarts. Number two, Tears of the Kingdom. Of course, number three, Madden 24, of course. Uh, number four, Microsoft first party, Diablo 4. Just want to put throw that in there. Diablo 4 is number four overall. Number five, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Microsoft first party. <laughs> uh, no, no, number six, Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Number seven, Starfield. One month in Star uh, Jedi Survivor has been out for how long, Mav? Four months? I think Six it months? came out like around June-ish or so. Or maybe June, was it June-ish? May? Uh, May June? I can't remember. Somebody in chat, let I'll, us know. Yeah, so so we'll say we'll say five months. We'll just say five months. Five months. A- or April. no, we'll say four months because A- it was through September. April? April, April 28th. Okay, so five months. Yep. So five months, September. Okay, five months. Starfield is right behind it. And Jedi Survivor came out to rave reviews. It's multi-platform. It's a Star Wars game. People called it game of the year contender despite the performance issues and Starfield shows up right behind it in less than a month. Mortal Kombat number one, again, huge franchise. Eight, right behind Starfield. Resident Evil 4 remake, number nine. And number 10, Game Pass game. MLB The Show 23. (laughs) Yeah, it's so crazy how much MLB the show does sell. It, it's it really fantastic. Is I it, love it. I, it I played yeah, quite I, a bit of the show yeah. this year. You know, yeah, I know you did. You uh, were rocking and rolling. But that's your top ten. Yep. Again, number seven in less than a month. Number seven in its first month of sales, it already cracks the top ten. This is the power of a big franchise. This is the power of Bethesda. This is why they went out and purchased Zenimax. And I got to add this too, as well, this little fun tidbit here. And this was, uh, this came from Piscatella as well. Although uh, um, Benji sales, a good member of the community, great member of the community posted uh, this uh, out of his stats. September, 2023 was the best September month for an Xbox console in terms of sales for consoles since 2014 in dollar sales. And, and since 2016 in unit sales. Yeah. So when we talked about Starfield, sure. Had it come out, had it gotten the reviews that Mav and I believe our reviews would have reflected the, the reviews that we think it deserved. Had it come out in the nineties, had it been that game where everybody was talking, everybody was still talking about it, but had there been no discourse around that game outside of the clown show who always have discourse could it have been even a bigger seller for Xbox? Absolutely, of course it could have been because again, we talk about it mindshare wise. The, the the casuals who read the IGNs of the world and are influenced from those reviewers and those opinions. Could there have been some more that jumped on? Sure. But to say that they had their best console dollar sales wise month since 2014 and just unit sales let's just stick to the unit sales since 2016 map that's seven years ago 
their best console month. Starfield is a mover and a shaker, Mav. I don't care how you want to dice it, right? Am I wrong? No, 100%. I mean, it's like the these numbers are in, are insane, really, if you look at it. I mean, the more, Mortal Kombat alone, though, also, like, it came out about a week difference from Starfield, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat is the best-selling fighting game franchise of all time. It released on everything. Even the Switch. 11 sold 20 million plus, I think, at this point. Yeah, and Starfield yeah. surpassed that. And then now you look right. at the, the hardware pickup a little bit. Yeah, it's not like it's not like they're like selling like hotcakes still the, with the console right. market, right? But like but they have, people have more places to play now too. <laughs> yeah, well. but also like the <laughs> PC market yes. is is becoming massive yes. for Xbox, dude. Like yes. the, the Starfield numbers, like the amount of people that bought and played mm-hmm. it on PC. And you remember like for the PC market too, they're inheriting Call of Duty and Diablo, which like uh, and uh, World of Warcraft and, World, and uh, Overwatch. It's like this, and we you heard Phil talk. We'll get into his interview in a little while, but like we heard him talk about the PC aspect and being part of the ecosystem and all of that. Like this, these sales numbers are are pretty, pretty damn big, and it's yes. this is not a um, flash in the pan type thing situation either. I feel like we're gonna have this ongoing for a long time now uh, with the with the slate of releases that they have, just this pipeline ongoing and stuff but you're gonna see uh, you're gonna continue to see that trend with the uh, i think an uptick of hardware going into next year pong um i think uh 2024 um if they do release that other version that has the two terabyte hard drive also it's going to be interesting to see what happens there um they're still doing well with like all the accessory sales they have and all that kind of stuff also but um PS5, PlayStation is going to have the lead there because that's the primary place you play their games, right? Xbox, it's maybe for most of us, the primary place we play is on Xbox. But if you actually maybe count the whole player base within the Xbox ecosystem, maybe it's not the place that most people play anymore. You know what I mean? Like uh, within the Xbox, like Starfield, I'm curious about the sales numbers between yep. console and PC, like for some Correct. of these games. You mentioned Forza Horizon earlier as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, the Xbox fan base the, and they, they, Xbox has achieved what PlayStation is trying to do. Still focus and have the core players, the people that spend the most money, right? Be a core aspect of the ecosystem, the console gamers, right? But branch out beyond that to PC as well and grow the audience uh, to a significant level. And when they bought Zenimax Bethesda, they said that it was going to help them on the PC side significantly, right? And we've already seen that now. Um, Plus, they were already making huge strides, which Phil said in that interview also, like, uh, within the PC market. So you have what, and you look at this from a PlayStation perspective where people tout the hardware sales, right? The People tout the console sales as the metric. And then now now you have people upset because, well, they're making more money even on this new revision they're coming out with. Um, and it's like, well, why are you doing that now? Well, it's because I think that's where they're making the, most of their money right now. Cause the software and services have been down and the, uh, so they've been selling a lot of hardware. So they're trying to make up for some of the profits there with the, within the hardware as aspect. And, um, 
because they failed to reach out beyond PlayStation so far in a meaningful way, you know. Uh, but Xbox has achieved that. Xbox is more than just the box. When when people shit on them uh, last gen when they started doing their games on PC, you had people flip. Oh, I don't feel special anymore. I, I want to be a console. I want only Xbox to be about console. And you had all that kind of stuff, right? I feel right. like. Xbox was like, this is something we believe in, and we're going to keep doing this. And you had them grow these studios, this ecosystem, and do cross-buy, cross-progression, do Game Pass, Game Pass PC. Game Pass Ultimate gives you both and access to both. You've created a gamer like me that never used to give a shit about PC gaming, but now I'm finding the benefits of of migrating between the, the two. And I have some games where I'll own them both right if i had to buy them on both but the benefit yep. of the xbox ecosystem is you only have to buy it once right but they still give you the option if you prefer to use the steam store hey they're gonna put it there as well right so they're doing all these different things to not gatekeep their games away from the players right and for playstation gamers or nintendo gamers that want those kind of games you know maybe they're making their way to pc and not necessarily buying a console if they already have a pc or maybe yep. they're going to go ahead and buy a console uh, as we see the uptick and sell on the hardware that that side too. But Xbox is way bigger than just that one aspect. And it's the Starfield numbers and all these other things are absolutely proving that. Um, yep. It said more people bought the game on PC than on console, I think is what Matt Piscatella said. Yep. Um, absolutely. Great. Crazy, right? Like that's, yeah. and that's uh, honestly, it's not that surprising. Um, no. And then we look at the whole Game Pass effect as well and, and the marketing for it, all these things. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but Josh uh, Muncy had just tweeted a uh, like a subway-looking train over there in Sydney, Australia, with Starfield yeah. all over it. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yep. the, this stuff is uh, – they're going big now with the marketing. They're going big on all this stuff. Remember, kind of 2022 felt like a holdback year, right? Yep, of course. <laughs> they, they didn't have anything to yeah. show. They, they had that this, anchor of ABK on them, man. I'm telling you. They have unleashed now, guys. Yes. The, yes. I mean, you have these big TV commercials now just showing up. You have Perfect segue. I was going to actually mention it. Yep, everywhere yep. and all this stuff. You have the console sales ticking up. You have games showing up. Number one on MPD, despite the amazing year that 2023 has been. Um, this feels like Xbox is hitting its stride right now and you know it's a it's a sprint but it's also a marathon and oh, a they're going to yes. be they're yes. going to be running forever with this with these acquisitions they've made and all these things they've been doing dude like it's just the brand is taking off it's it's awesome to see from where they were uh we do have a couple before we uh, get to the stuff we got a couple super chats to get to pong soul yes sir um all right Hit him. Jax82 hit us with a $5. Appreciate you, Jax. Said, Thanks for the five spot. <laughs> said, uh, Starfield <laughs> is great. It does have its issues, not because of Game Pass. They are updating it regularly. Let's give it time, hopefully, a performance mode. Uh, yeah, you never know. Maybe uh, there'll be a mod or something like that. Also, it could be other stuff. But, like, I've, I've been playing on PC and Xbox, and I've been enjoying it on both places. Um, uh, they've done something different with that 30 mode on console that feels a uh, little bit better than other games. Uh, but that maybe it's because of the pace. It's not a super fast flowing moving right. game also. So um, it, it's not going to bother you as much there. Um, Alvin with the $2 
Appreciate you. Alvin says Xbox winning MPD in November and December. Also sips tea. You're not wrong. <laughs> we talk about Call of Duty, right? Yep. I mean, look at the the numbers at the end of the year, and we're gonna look right. at these sales numbers at the end of the year, Pong. And you're yep. gonna see Call of Duty, you're gonna see Diablo, you're gonna yep. see Starfield, right? Correct. Um Correct. You're gonna see four. Uh, probably still see see Sea of Thieves and Forza Horizon showing up, and it's like crazy <laughs> stuff, right? Uh, but you know, you'll see these games, and they're gonna be like all within the top twenty games of the year for sure, and some of them in the top five or ten, you know. Yep. Um, and it's like different from Xbox. It's it's interesting, you know. We have, it is. haven't had that in a while, and and that's on top of. All these ongoing service games, you know that that they have that people are still engaged with and and, gr- and growing the fan bases and player bases there as well. So, um, yeah, kudos to everything they've been through to get to what they're doing now. Yeah, and I want to mention here because you brought it up, Mav, uh, for the people that didn't see it this morning, or if you did, um, you know, again, chat, put your thoughts on here about the about the new marketing campaign that they're starting up for the uh, Power of Your Dreams marketing campaign. It seems like you just said, Mav, that they're back, um, that they're back in full swing coming into the holidays. Now that the ABK acquisition has been officially announced, they launched this new cinematic trailer this morning. And again, people want to sit here, oh, I just want to see games, blah, blah, blah. Like we were talking behind the scenes, Mav, and I saw other people talking about today on um, Twitter as well, X formerly known as Twitter. This commercial this morning of this girl who's stuck in traffic. Um, it's raining outside. She's in a taxi. She's stuck in traffic. She's obviously had a rough day. Uh, it's in yeah. her face. She's pissed that she's stuck in traffic. She gets out of the taxi, runs in the rain to her apartment complex, you know, gets in the front door, gets in the elevator and she's going, as she, as she gets in the elevator, her phone. And again, this is all Microsoft showing connectivity, showing their full ecosystem, kind of what it's all about when they do these little things, people don't understand your people don't notice it all the time, but she pulls out her phone and there's the Xbox app message uh, from one of her friends saying, you know, basically you want to play tonight. Right. And all of a sudden, she kind of gets a smile on her face, like, "Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I need, right?" Which is so what Xbox yes. thing. First off, like the whole yes. the whole phone yes. thing with the message. Yes. So that is like a Xboxy ass thing that mm-hmm. I like. That doesn't really synonymous with any other platform. That kind no. of like community no. aspect, right? With the not the, at all. With, like we just we do that ourselves. Yes. Like they yes. had that same kind of message we did oh. like the last couple nights with the leading up to Diablo, right? We d- we did, bro. I was going to say right now, I'm sitting at work on my PC at work, right? I logged into my Xbox app at work, right? Yeah. So I have the Xbox app logged in and I'll, I'm working away and all of a sudden I get a message pop up and it's like Mav invited you to a party. <laughs> Right, right, right. While I'm at work, I'm not on my home PC. Mm. I'm not. I'm just. It pops up on my my work PC, and I just pop in the Xbox app and I message it. And I'm said, I'm still at work, brother. Um, you know, I'll be at home a little bit later, but I'm down. I'll be in Diablo Four if you if you want to play. That connectivity, like Mav just said, is something that is so Xbox that has been absolutely synonymous with Xbox. Why Xbox Live started, why it became so big, um, back in the day during 360 era, is and even the OG Xbox where it really started, but Xbox 360 for sure is where it blew up. That kind of connectivity is something that they continue to focus on. And it's something we don't even think about 
But you're right. You don't think about PlayStation players going into the PlayStation app and messaging each other. Like that's just not, it's not a thing. Switch. We all know the switch, right? You got to have this huge ass long ass number to get a hold of anybody. Like nobody cares, but Xbox is just all natural. So they have her do that. She gets a smile on her face. The lights start to flicker in the elevator. The elevator is closed. She gets out and, or she pushes on the back of the elevator and it swings open and all of a sudden she's in Starfield. Yeah. And that's the first game that they show. She's in Starfield, right? And it had the they, same vibe with the Starfield that, that they built for that yeah. trailer as the last Starfield trailer, the Correct. live action one, which was absolutely yep. awesome. It was awesome. And then she goes from Starfield, and I believe the next one uh, was Hellblade 2. All of a sudden mm-hmm. she's in Hellblade 2, and she's running, she's walking along side Senua right and Senua's talking to her in her creepy ass voice right and she's looking at her and all of a sudden she's there right and next thing you know uh where'd she go next the giant oh, the God. giant hand thing comes towards her yeah the giant the giant yeah yeah she jumps out of the way and she walks she... by it and looks through a door and yeah. she's like a, a maybe a younger version of herself or a neighbor or something. Right, right. Playing. She gets to that yeah. point, correct? Yeah, and it's and it's Black Ops. Yeah, it's Black Ops. It's herself as a kid. Absolutely, Mav. It was herself. She's remembering herself as a kid playing Black Ops, and her herself yeah. looks at her and kind of gives her a smile, right? And then all of a sudden, she's walking in the apartment, and she's in Cyberpunk. Yeah, right. And she's was in the guy Cyberpunk. Like food or something a pineapple a pineapple so you, yeah in the taxi he used the mantis blades in the taxi <laughs> yeah. earlier on the little yeah. screen in the taxi she yeah. was watching a, a, a video of a, a cooking guy right so that's kind of like played to the whole cyberpunk thing yep. you know what i mean yep and then there was a forza there was a forza earlier uh part two yes, where yeah, all yeah, of a sudden yeah. there's cars racing by her yeah. or whatever else and forza and then she and then she like snaps out of it and she's like getting in the elevator again. Like that was just all a vision, right? That was just all a dream. Right. She, she's getting in that same elevator and her phone buzzes and she pulls it out. And there's a message from a friend saying, you want to play? And then they show her walking to her apartment, hopping down on the couch, Xbox series turning on. Main screen comes up. Our home screen comes up for Xbox Series X. The games listed are also interesting, Mav, that she's got the tiles. I've got it up here. I've got the screenshot. It's Starfield, Forza Motorsport, Cyberpunk 2077, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Alan Wake 2, Diablo 4, Hellblade 2, the Hellblade 2 tiles there, and Party Animals. Yeah. Giving you the breadth of different experiences that you can have on your Xbox. And I know people were saying, well, why? Why Cyberpunk? You guys got to remember they had the marketing rights for cyberpunk 2077 yeah. right it, it it didn't it didn't go well because of the launch of cyberpunk right they didn't get their full money's worth out of cyberpunk 2077 because of how much turmoil was around the launch so why not go back to it now that it's having a resurgence with phantom liberty and everybody's now agreeing with me and Ma- or mav hasn't finished it yet but a lot of us what mav did play he liked but a lot of us said from day one, our experience on Series X was different than the previous the previous gen of consoles. But we all said it was a great game. Now people are really discovering Cyberpunk yeah. 2077. So why not use it? It's a big game for the holidays. It's a big game. And then you throw in Assassin's Creed Mirage and Alan Wake 2, two big third-party titles. And, of course, you got to have Diablo. And, of course, you got to tease Hellblade 2. Now, man, this is a holiday game. 
both of us don't believe they're going to sneak in Hellblade 2. Both of us no, think this yeah, that would be nuts. Oh my! But, it, but, imagine, but it's interesting though? that that tiles in there, right? Yes, I could. could imagine, I could imagine like Christmas yes. time shadow drop. <laughs> right, Hellblade 2 right. in a Game Pass game awards announcement on Keeley stage. Go play oh Hellblade my. 2 right after this show. Oh. Yeah. Dude, that would be like the most like ballsy thing ever. The end of the year mic drop moment for Xbox, right? Yo, I just thought it was interesting that it was in there, right? Yeah. Uh, They also have on her title screen, Lies of P, showing off Game Pass. It's in the Game Pass tile that we all see at the bottom of our screen advertising. When we talk about the interview too, like we're going to bring that up. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Very interesting. So, but what I wanted to say here, um, is that it does feel like now the weight of ABK is off. Yeah. And now it's time for Xbox to reclaim that mojo that we saw, Mav, in 2021. Remember when they were on the roll? Remember when yeah. Game Pass was rock and they were announcing games coming soon? That all of this hype. And then the ABK announcement comes along. And the regulatory process starts and it's just like everything slowed down to an absolute crawl when it came to their marketing, even a little bit when it came to Game Pass and what games were coming out. We had all the delays in 2022. Everybody knows that we don't have to revisit it, but it just seemed like this ABK deal just really weighed them down. It was gigantic. It was massive. It's vital to what their plans are in the future. Make no mistake about it. Mav and I have both been on board with this since day one. But the fact is, is a lot of the company and what they had going and rolling just seemed to crawl. And now it's back. The weight's been lifted. All of a sudden they're coming out. They got this all announced. And all of a sudden they got commercials drop and power your dreams again. And again, Xbox's uh, uh, post today was, it's not about what is, it's about what if. Again, marketing, it's just beautiful, Mav. It's really good to see, and it harkens back to the 360 days with their live action trailers that were so damn good all the time, right? Sometimes crazy, but they were always damn good. And this one just really, this one hit the feels. I'm not going to lie. Steel hit me up in the DMs too this morning and said, man, that's the type of commercial that kind of gets to me a little bit. Yeah, it really does. What did you think about the commercial it's, overall? It's man? just uh, awesome. It's the kind of like, it's an it's a, like a, a commercial that kind of harkens to the feelings of, of being a gamer, right? And that's just like what I like, dude. Like, it's about like the imagination of it, you know, like the immersion of it, you know, and like the escapism of gaming, um, and the breadth of the ecosystem and everything that there is there. It touches on all those notes without like rubbing it in your face like uh like hey get this for da, 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 da. you know what i mean it's like it speaks to the specialness of it all right yep so that's does. that's what i love about it and i hope they keep this trend they hit it on the uh, the nail on the head with the with the starfield live action trailer uh that had a lot of the similar style at parts of this Correct. trailer uh, yep. i feel like this is a great direction for them to go the whole power your dreams thing you know like still is great to use i really think it's a cool tagline for the xbox brand there um way better than uh it's a good time to play or whatever that they've been saying after the abk thing uh (laughs) i I think it was even on phil's notes it's a good time to play or something like that it's cool that's cool whatever but it's just kind of 
you know the power of your dreams is like i i feel like that's what gaming kind of is all about you know yep, and uh absolutely i i love that so um keep up with that guys keep that this kind of stuff going i would like to see more at different times of the year but it, i think this is a big like new campaign that they're launching right now leading up to the holiday season um and you know with the with the, the breath of other kinds of say i'm saying breath a lot uh with the breath yeah. of a lot of different kinds of things that they have now at their disposal and all these kind of games like what are they gonna what all are they gonna be able to do and even the trailer they had with the acquisition of ABK, the little video they put Correct. out, was there fantastic. was another one, like just the, the music they chose with the, yep. the things that words that were being spoken by the characters and lining everything up, going through all these different franchises and, you know, really like focusing on the specialness of each of these brands and stuff is like, it, it gets you as a gamer, it, it gets you in the feels a little bit because as gamers, we understand how these games make us feel the hype we get for them, the uh, highs and lows that we go through sometimes with them. But it's all at the end of the day, like an experience we all kind of go through and together and um, as a community. So uh, seeing it, seeing them kind of bring it to life and like hit on like what that means, you know, is really cool. And maybe I'm being too like, like touchy feely on that kind of thing. But like uh, gaming's important to me, you know, like it's, it's always been like that. Like even as a little kid, you look at these things, you saw those commercials for these games and you wouldn't go look at the back of the game boxes and you imagine what it's like to play and you bring them home and you dive in. It's like, Oh my God, it's amazing. And like, I feel like um, that for some reason, like these trailers kind of, attached to that feeling more than any i've i've seen you know mm-hmm. so yep kudos yep. and again we're both getting older mav and the nostalgia runs and it's it's it, we do get a little bit more feely as we get older it's just yeah it really did when they're done right they do bring back memories uh that are mm-hmm. inside of you for, because of how much we've gamed through the years and how many different memories we have stored up they touch all of those and light them up at the same time and it does it does do that it's psychological it is it is one of those things and it's it's a good feeling it, it's yeah. not a bad feeling and like you said initially with the phone buzzing and, and xbox is being synonymous with the community aspect even though i was much more of a single player guy back in the day i still put hundreds or thousands of hours into multiplayer um and even though i didn't have friends that i was always you know you know you know actually playing with outside of you know when i lived with the with the guys at the uh at the fourplex that we had where we played games a lot together, but outside of that, I wasn't always online connecting with people all the time, but it's still, it still does even bring me back to my Nintendo days or my Sega days mm-hmm. when I was going to my buddy's house and sit down to that new game, like the, you know, whatever the new sports game was or whatever, you know, the new Mario was that came out and I'd sit down at my buddy's house and it, you know, with his Nintendo system and we'd sit there and just, pass the controller back and forth it does bring up those old feelings yeah. of gaming uh in general and yeah it, it's amazing even just like you know now like when we hop in diablo like the last yes. two days yes. like just the yes. looking forward to that you know like as yeah. corny as it is like actually being excited and looking forward to that oh yeah i'm a pump i'm gonna get to play some diablo yeah. with the with the guys and stuff and then you know the steel and jasper join us and we have a good old four-person cl- uh classic co-op session you know and it's like those are things like kind of stick with you, like whether yep. it's it's just for like a few hours one night or whatever. Like 
you know, I we've had so much fun over the last few years playing multiplayer games or just chatting it up in party chats, just hanging out, playing these games, talking about games and stuff. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of the essence of the emotion that they captured with that stuff for me. One thousand percent, brother. One thousand percent spooky. Good to see you, sir. Uh, speaking of brothers, it's always great to have you jumping in the chat. Uh, I remember for 10 months said my bros, as Pong says, it's the golden age of gaming. Again, it is. Uh, again, you guys don't know the full backstory. Mav and I talked about that a long time ago before I ever started podcasting. When I just knew Mav from just in the chat or whatever else and that kind of stuff. And, and we... You know, we talked about that together, that this was going to be the golden age of gaming. Now, I took it as my tagline on all my podcasts and use it, but that was Mav and I talking about it and how good we saw it becoming and where it could go coming into this generation. And I don't think we were prepared, Mav, for the amount of content. We knew there was going to be a lot of good stuff. We didn't know there was going to be this much, brother. We didn't know that we were going to see the resurgence of RTSs and tactic games that we both love. We didn't see all that. We thought there was possibility. We didn't know until it's here. And now that it's here, it's again, there are times when I look at the list of games coming into game pass or the game, new games coming out that I want to buy. And it's overwhelming. It yeah. really is in the best way possible. I'd never could have imagined it being this way. But the fact that there are so many games that this year I'm not even going to touch as a grazer because we've had so many big games come out that have taken up so much of my time, Starfield, Diablo, et cetera, that's crazy to me. And next year, it's looking the same, man. Maybe maybe not the level we'll see of some of these games, but overall, it's going to be crazy next year in RPG world. Like, we are going to be filled to the brim. So yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely spooky. It is the golden age of gaming. I believe that. Well, um, it was it was yeah, it was yeah, that for yeah. me going into this generation when I knew that all the games were coming along for the ride from the last gen and getting all those yeah. enhancements and all that stuff. Like yeah. it, it was like okay, we automatically had a huge catalog of games to play, right? Um, and a lot of them were better. And then yeah. so it kind of helped get through some of the early generation stuff. But like now, the things are in full swing. Plus, we still have that huge catalog that's kind of built in. It's mm -hmm. like, man, like this. There's so many games to play. It's too much. It's honestly too much. Like, I don't know how to keep up with it. There's so much that I feel like I'm missing out on. But bro, um, we didn't even talk about it. You and I hopped into Age Four this week for a short period. <laughs> yes. when Diablo was down. We hopped into Age Four and did a co-op for like what? We did a co-op against the computer. Uh, a piece. Uh, the the AI, yeah, of course, because I hadn't played it we, at we all had to yet. Get our feet back wet, yeah. You know, so, like... so, so we went on easy against the AI. It still turned up to be like an hour and a half, two hour <laughs> like session, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> but it was so much fun. We were back into age again, right? Oh my god, man! And I would be if it wasn't for all these other games, I'd be playing that yes. every fucking yes. day, man. That in age two, man, we'd be rocking out on that. I've got Age of Wonders four, which I rocked out when it first launched. I bought it, rocked out on it a ton, um, and then things started rolling and coming out. And I put Age of Wonders four going away yeah. and away, and now I'm sitting looking at it, going, God, I kind of want to play some Age of Wonders four too. God, we talked dang, about man. the whole like live service stuff that xbox keeps yep. supporting they throw age in there too yep. man throw age in there yeah like, absolutely they're uh, coming out with more dlc age two all this content crazy mm -hmm. i think they're on like season mm -hmm. six or something now in age four 
I don't, I don't know. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so. I think we saw each. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I had the special Halloween map that we were playing mm-hmm. on with some stuff that we had never seen. Yeah, dude, before, I didn't God, see damn, the store you found. You found a store yeah. with like pumpkins and pumpkins. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just randomly, they just hang out a yeah, little little shop area that we could send some traders to. It was fun. Oh man, <laughs> game's so great too. Oh God, it plays so well. Even though you and I were so rusty, it was like awful. Oh my God. Yeah. The AI on easy was almost beating us to different ages at one point. Like I was like, oh my God, what am I going on? Yeah, I, I could remember uh, the mechanics for like the villagers and all yeah. that stuff to start out yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah, you even forgot to upgrade like your your yeah, mills and your mines and stuff. All that stuff. <laughs> it's like that really set me behind. Right. Uh, but yeah, anyways, folks, uh, Mav and I, obviously, we could sit here and ramble on about all of our favorite stuff that we're doing. But uh, let's get on to the next topic. Let's get into Phil's interview this week, Mav. Let's do it. Um, Phil had an interview with Xbox, the new Xbox podcast, of course. Uh, shout out to uh, Mav's best friend, uh, Major Nelson, who did uh, step away from Xbox uh, earlier this year. Um but uh, they are moving on, and they've got a new crew that's taken over. I forget the names. I do apologize, everybody. I should have the names in front of me. I don't, but they are restarted it up. Like, I think they're in episode four or five, I think they said, when they were interviewing Phil. But Phil was obviously a big guest, and uh, they talked to him, and he got to talk about the ABK deal, finally, officially. Like, he's talked about it a lot in interviews, more so than I ever thought he would, but now he can talk about it as it's done, and he can actually talk about things that they are thinking about doing uh, plans that they have in place. Um, So this was a really good interview, even though it was an Xbox, obviously official interview, they did ask him some really good questions about kind of where they're going with this. And let's start with the big one first, Matt, because it's been a lot of discussion over the past uh, couple of weeks now, which was the game pass, right? When are the ABK, when is the ABK library dropping into game pass? How are they going to do it? Are we going to have some surprise drops in, in this year? What is happening? We had the tweets from Activision Blizzard prior to the announcement of the acquisition being completed where they said, yeah, we got work to do. We're not planning on dropping any of the, and they mentioned call of duty and Diablo this year, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to talk about that going forward. But people still thought maybe some of the backwards compatibility stuff could come into play. Some of the 360 titles could show up in there. Maybe, you know, Tony Hawk, the remasters of Tony Hawk could drop in there. That kind of stuff. Phil came out with his usual self and said, I want to make this clear. I want to be transparent. He said, due to the ABK, how this all went down with the regulatory bodies, he said it was different from ZeniMax and Bethesda because they were in communication. The deal was going through. There wasn't all this regulatory process. They could do the back-end stuff prior to the acquisition being completed, so they were ready to rock and roll. He said, with ABK, we did not have that opportunity at all. So he said, now that it's done, we'll start that process. But he said, 2023, there won't be any ABK library coming to Game Pass at all. Man, were you surprised about this? Or were you kind of thinking um, that this is the way it was going to go? Or I mean, they've already put it out there a couple times. So yeah. like, you know, Jez had said otherwise potentially on his uh, article that he had wrote as well, uh, where they had had some sources. And and they're usually kind of on the money with things, right? Um so that's the one thing that's in my back of my mind because, like, you know, uh, well, 
is it a possibility because of whatever the those sources are saying and all that kind of stuff. So uh just wasn't ever a hundred percent, even despite ABK and um uh Xbox kind of mentioning it with their uh post and stuff before. But now like seeing him actually, you know, face on camera, saying it to yep. the audience, like this is not happening. But next year I the yep. question is when in twenty twenty four more than anything now. And uh so I guess it's like it's not super surprising, um, and it's not very far away still. I mean, we're in October now, so yes, what does yes. 2024 mean? It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean, like, this time next year. It could be January, no. which is literally, like, two and a half months away, you know? So Correct. Um, I'm going to be curious and keeping an eye out on that stuff, but uh, I think they're going to come in waves, just like they said before as well. So yes, I think they're stretch us out. Gonna try and get some stuff ready. Um, I still think some of the older Call of Duty content is probably gonna be some of the stuff to be in there first, correct? Um, because of the way they did with those servers and stuff. Servers. And, yep. Um, and then we'll see what else hits. You know, um, it, it's interesting. He didn't really talk about contracts as a blocker or anything like that, no. or past deals blocking nope. anything. So I'm wondering nope. if there's possibilities that those even the newer cod and and stuff and mm-hmm. diablo may be in there sometime sooner than we yep. think next year as well so we'll have to keep an eye on it um but yeah i'm 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 pumped dude can't wait for for it to happen but uh at the same time massive acquisition a lot of moving parts he's going to stockholm or he went to stockholm at, at, right after the oh, interview he, yeah right after that and yep, then yep. he was going on to uh stockholm was king yeah, right? th- then he was going to go to L.A., I think. To visit Activision, right? Yeah. And then he was going to wrap up his trip with Blizzard. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, he's making his rounds. He's excited. Yeah. You could see it in his face. He yeah. was smiling. He was so relieved that this was over. Like, this do, was... What do you think that's going to... What What do you think that's like? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was thinking about this. Okay, from the developer side, like, does he, like, go up in, in the whole front of the whole room and address them all? Does he yes. just meet with, like, the high-ups in, in, like, a little conference room? Or, like, what? I wonder what kind of reception there's going to be from uh, from all the yeah. employees to him and kind of addressing all, all, all of them as, like, hey, here I am, Mighty Phil. You know, you belong to Xbox now, but at the same time, his message is going to be like, we want to empower yeah. you, right? Like, I'm sure he talked about that nonstop in this interview, right? That 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 philosophy continues forward, and that's what they he believes in, and that's what the team believes in is empowering the devs going forward and making it clear that that is the philosophy, and they that's what they're going to bring to ABK. Um, you know, he talked a lot about that, Matt. But yeah, I gotta believe that he is there to obviously um bring goodwill and to for the i think his presence for the people who are already excited about this who already may know or have worked for Xbox previously or Microsoft previously and they kind of get it he's not there for them per se he's there for the people that are on the fence or maybe initially yeah. because it is Microsoft and Xbox have concerns about this transition and about what this is going to mean for them as a developer. So I absolutely do think that from the way he was talking, that he is getting in front, that they're having all hands on. Of course he'll meet separately with the upper management and I'll go through all the business shit and talk about the high level stuff. But the, the most biggest thing for him is getting in front of the entire team, all the teams and 
talking about what it is that they want to do with them going forward. But Phil kept saying too, and this has always been something we talked about, Mav. He said, I want their feedback. I want to know what they want to do, right? And what they're thinking and how they want to approach, you know, making games going forward and what we can do. And again, this goes back to exactly what you just said, man. But what we can do to empower them to make their lives easier as developers on these games. That's what we're here to do. And I think that that's what he's going to do is reassure, especially the people who may be still on the fence or absolutely have some negative feelings about this whole acquisition, making sure that they all understand that that is exactly, this isn't just talk that you will see this in action. And I'm here as the head uh, CEO of Microsoft gaming, assuring you that's exactly how this, this transition is going to be right. I think that's where it's at. You got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's kind of what his, a lot of the message he was putting out there in the interview to get started with, right? Um, talking about the point, the reasoning, like for um, the acquisition, but also like what he's excited about. He said he has to kind of put his own personal wants and stuff aside as, as well, right? Because it's like it may not be what the studios want to do, or yep. or what's best for the for them or whatever, right? So. Um, he said they're not going to announce games based on PR and stuff like that. They're going to go and like, uh, try and be, um, stewards for the brand the best that they can be, uh, of all these franchises that ABK brings in, but hopefully also kind of, um, what I got from it is open up new opportunities for those developers as well, um, to be able to kind of empower them to do some different stuff that may not have been able to before, um, and then he kind of he brought that back into like the other Xbox studios as well, like that kind mm-hmm. same kind of thought process. And I think one thing that's been overlooked a little bit, right, the amount of stuff coming from ABK and all that, like all oh, the ABK is bringing all these things and it's going to be amazing. But how much does that take off the pressure of the rest of the Xbox studios, and how much does it also allow them even more freedom? to do things and uh, more potential and more options, right? Because you have this cash cow from ABK coming in and they have their things and they're going to be empowered to do different stuff. But like these other Xbox studios are now it's like, okay, well like there's so much stuff out there going on in the ecosystem that, you know, maybe I'm going to be able to get the shot to do the thing I want to do. Right. And yes, um, I'm going to be watching to see what other kind of games get announced in the future. But and these are things we're not going to see for a long time, right? I mean, we're talking Correct. about like five, six, seven years from now, yep. potentially, and beyond. You know, talking about that 2030 goal that Xbox has, right? Um, yep. But that's kind of like where we're looking ahead now is to see the full impact of this is going to be felt around that time. Um, and uh, But, I, yeah, as far as his reassurances and stuff, I, I feel like that's probably what he's going to do. Um I'm curious the reception. Does he get like a huge round of applause from everybody yeah. there, just as a respect I, and stuff? You know, like, you know, uh, does he walk in and nobody says a peep? Everybody's just like s- silent and like, okay, man, uh, what do you have to say? You know, I uh, like, I I feel like there's gonna be this like a, a buzz kind of in those studios and excitement about that feeling of him even showing up there is like the start of new possibilities. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Um, at least that's what I hope they get from it. Uh, but it, it's going to be, I, I could imagine going around all these studios that they're forming and, and trying to visit as many of them as you can 
after this acquisition, the biggest in Microsoft history, the biggest in gaming history, and be like, what do you want to make? What do you want to do? Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a power, and he, and he talked about that thing. again. He talked about that again. Uh, he reiterated that that is the plan going forward, that if a team that he visits wants to do something outside of what they're currently working on, that he wants to listen and make that happen. And I think that that was another big moment that, you know, again, we have questions about how it all works out, what they do with, you know, Call of Duty going forward to try to free up some of these teams, um, you know, what that looks like, because again, this is, you know, call, let's be real, it's business. At the end of the day, Microsoft just spent $70 billion. Call of Duty is one of the biggest money makers in gaming history. You do have to take that into consideration, but Phil sitting there again and saying to publicly that he does want to free up teams that want to go work on other stuff, whether that's new IP or old IP, because they asked him about the back catalog and I kind of transitioned to that here, Matt. They asked him once again. Now, that was interesting when they asked him, they specifically brought up Hexen because, of course, he wore mm-hmm. the Hexen shirt. He spoke about Hexen. He's like, wow. He's like, that's just what I want to see. But, you know, we don't have any plans right now. I still think that potentially it could have that on the back burner and start working yeah. on that, but whatever that's neither here nor there, but you know, he, he throughout the conversation did say, no, we, we want to look at this stuff, but we want to make sure that the teams want to do it. Um, and he specifically said, even some of our old IP, if there's teams that want to revisit some of our IP, not just the ABK stuff, we want to try to make that happen. If it makes sense. And during that conversation as well, Matt, he brought up his, his, his passion for the fact that he thinks that the older IP being, you know, remastered or remade, like we saw yeah. with quake and that kind of stuff, he's all for that. And yeah. he thinks that there's opportunities and there's more opportunities. And he specifically said, I don't think we've done a good enough job, you know, kind of looking into that. It seems like ABK, he kind of is looking at these teams going, yeah, you guys want to, do something because we got all this stuff over here. You got this stuff in yeah. your closets. You want to pull it out? Just say so, and I'll give you the thumbs up. Let's go. Right? That's what it kind of seemed like. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it'd be interesting if they do kind of visit some like remasters before of some of these older franchises before they make the big new titles in them to gauge interest and all that kind of stuff. Right? Like maybe that's what what we see next from StarCraft is like a StarCraft remastered collection, kind of like we got from Command and Conquer not too long ago. Uh, it'd be interesting. Uh, who knows? And I got, we got, we got that out. with Diablo also, right? With Diablo we, two, we did with Diablo two, correct. And then we know there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, I got to point this out too, Mav. After the interview came out, and obviously the clips were being played of Phil and all that kind of stuff. Good old Night Dive Studios. Yes, I saw that. Yes, bro, they put out and said. Uh, Phil, they tweeted at, they act, they posted at Phil and they're like, Hey, Phil, uh, about Hexen, we kind of know what we're doing there. So we're more than willing <laughs> to right. jump in and give you your Hexen remake or remaster, right? And they're known as being one of the better, like, bro, remaster studios. They are so there. damn good at what they do, brother. I would be all for it. I just thought it was cool that another studio, like, outside was like, Yeah, no, if you got nobody internally, uh, yeah, sign us up, Phil. Cause night dive is making their name doing that stuff. So that was damn yeah. cool. He talked about Starcraft again, Mav. And he even pointed out that it was in the trailer, the welcome uh, trailer that they put out uh, for ABK and that star or that Starcraft is 
a big deal to them. Um, and I, you know, again, I'm, I'm picking up on different names that he constantly mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, you know, we've all believed that Starcraft might already be in the works. Yeah, of I think right? Mike Gabara, yeah. you know, in his tweet to uh, what's his face uh, from, um, um, uh, Simu uh, Lu. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, Simu Lu, that little back and forth, you know, about a year and a half, two years ago, whatever it is now. I think it's in the works, but the, he just brought it up and just mentioned that those old IP or unused IP are important and that he does want to get to work on it. So, again, that portion of it was really good. Now, let's talk about the interesting little back and forth, too, where they had Mav, and you brought it up earlier, and I was going to bring this up because Liza, Liza P. Mm-hmm. Um, their devs uh, came out this week um, and announced that they had surpassed 1 million copies sold. Yeah. Right. And this game has been getting from the souls fans. And again, I'm not a souls player, but from the souls fans, this has been getting nothing but praise. In fact, on the PlayStation side, there are people saying that Sony should hit these guys up and get them to do Bloodborne 2 if From Software doesn't want to do it. That's how good Liza P is. Brand new IP from an unknown studio in one of the pickiest genres you can ever get as far as players go when it comes to Souls games and how good they have to be to live up to that standard that has been set by FromSoft. Pretty impressive stuff. And Phil, in this interview, Mav, pointed out Liza P when he was going through some of the stuff he's been playing lately and actually stayed on it for a little bit and talked about how impressed he was with the studio. I quietly said, "Mm, still could use a souls like genre studio. Yeah. To fill out that category. You got this little studio, you know, that came out of nowhere, put together their first foray into this, realm and did a remarkable job according to people who do play these types of games hmm. might be interesting what do you think about his lies of p talk yeah it's interesting i mean the, i think yeah. the one million sold for that game yes. is extremely significant too yes it is a yes. it is a saturated genre right yes. um a lot of tryhards in there that yeah. just don't live up the right? um original souls games like a lot of them were niche and stuff and like didn't sell like millions and millions of copies either. Like, um, I think this bloodborne in its first month hit about a million, which is about the same as lies of P correct. Right. So, and that's despite also being in game pass. So uh, this game is actually catching an audience. And for, like you said, like uh, these from software games. Now they have an audience looking forward to those. Right. They have people right. like also Bandai Namco. If they publish one and stuff, people are looking yep. forward to that. Like from these other studios and stuff. It's like, you know, so Platinum comes out with a, a game that's like sort of similar, probably or or Team Ninja does or something like that. That's kind of similar, whatever. People are going to pay attention. Nobody's heard of these guys, you know. This this new IP based on Pinocchio, out of nowhere. Right. People are saying it. People are saying it's one of the first Souls games where they care about the story map. Yeah. Like that's another telltale sign that the studio knows what they're doing. So it's just interesting to see this game kind of sell mm-hmm. as well as it has. Plus, also the people that have played it in Game Pass. Right. Right. And Amit so, Kumar just pointed that out. Shout out to Amit, who said another example of Game Pass 
helping potentially propel the popularity yeah. of an unknown game like this and an unknown studio to greater heights where more people were talking about it because it was in game pass and people were jumping in and trying it out. And also the conversation starts Mav, about, well, this, they actually did something here. And then all of a sudden people, even on other platforms start jumping yeah. into it, buying it. Right. That's the power of game pass as well. We've seen that many, many times. Yep. Um, so my, my thinking was this, right? Like, okay. Yep. So, you have this other Souls-like developer now that has a history now with you with Game Pass and stuff, and it's like, why was he bringing that game up specifically when it just out of the blue, right? When he was talking about games, yep. like he because they didn't bring up Liza P. If I, if I no. recall, it no, was it was just, a, it, they were asking him what he was playing, right? He was going through the list and he said, oh, oh, oh and Liza P. And then yeah. he just went into this whole thing about it. Yeah, so I, I feel like he wanted to make a point about bringing that game up for some reason. Um, and uh, I'm wondering if they kind of are trying to build an establishment there with with a Souls-like mm -hmm. franchise, an IP that is growing mm -hmm. a fan base, right? right. And um, who knows what that means for the future of that game or the studio and other potential games that they make. But uh, it's absolutely very interesting. It's from NeoWiz Games round and Round 8 Studio. Um, yes. and they're based in NeoWiz published it, right? Yeah, NeoWiz is the publisher, yep. but they're also yep. listed as developers as well on Wiki, okay. Okay. so I don't so know. Yep. Um, but also but Round, yeah, Round Date is the main developer, yep. I believe. Yeah. Um, and I, where are they based out of? Is this like a, a Korea or is this some other? You're somewhere don't... in Europe or? Uh, I don't know for sure. Let me see. Um, it's a good question. Uh, round eight studio. Let me see here real quick. Let's see if I've got anything on them. Uh, okay. No game biz. Like I said, they came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, round eight studio. Let's see here. Location. Let's try that. See if anybody's got an answer for me. Um, um, South Korea. Yep. Okay. South Korea. Oh, where? Oh, wait. How many times have we talked about this map? Where have I been pounding my table for two years saying Xbox? Like, I know you want to get in Japan. East is important. But South Korea is where a lot of talent is up and coming yeah. right now. And that, because Sony doesn't have a stranglehold on South Korea. Nintendo doesn't have a stranglehold on South Korea. Korea is the place you get into fast because there is a lot of young talent out there. Um, there we go. Yeah. Here we go. Liza P coming out. Uh, I still haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I want to. But, you know, I think getting that game associated with Xbox kind of is maybe important for him. Because mm -hmm. you talk about variety, casting a wide net, and all these kind of things. Like, yes. they've done that a little bit now with Woe Long and now Lies of P. So, um, also Naraka Blade Point, which is like yep. uh, that Battle Royale melee. Been a huge game. hit still. Yeah. They are still working on it, still so, crushing it. Is that, yep. Was that Neo Wiz too? No, I don't think Naraka was. I could be wrong. I thought uh, Blade Point. Uh, that is um, developed by Twenty Four Entertainment, published by NetEase. That's NetEase. NetEase. Okay. Yep. yep. Right. Chinese, yep. Chinese published game. All right. Chinese um, public, huge publisher. Yep. Well, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. There's a lot of little takeaways to take, um, but I think uh, the, the biggest thing to take away from me that from that interview mm -hmm. though was just like. 
you could sense this big like sigh of relief right that this is mm. that process is finally over he said but, i'm glad i'm not in a suit in the courtroom yeah but also <laughs> you can you can kind of sense also a little bit of the weight of what he has ahead of him right mm-hmm. like yeah. like yeah, this is going this is going to be like a a different level thing so you know he said daunting yeah right he said intimidating and daunting when mm-hmm. he thinks about it because he said he he saw Clobriel's uh, and he shouted out Clobriel. He said he, he shouted out Clobriel, right? Yeah. Uh, for his graphics and he talked about Clobriel a little bit. And he said I was even looking at Clobriel's graphic from where we were in 2017 right. to now. And he said, I'm not gonna lie, it's a little intimidating. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Could yeah. could you imagine being in charge of that kind of transition? No. Like bringing all that into the fold. And like and figuring it all out, but yeah, make sure shit doesn't get wrong because you're going to be blamed forever if you ruin this. You know, like if you screw this up, if like things go downhill, if like you start having like studio closures and like game cancellations and like, yep. uh, like Microsoft, you have talent like, loss yeah. if everybody starts jumping, shit yeah, all like, of a sudden, I, you, there's so much that could go wrong, right? right? Like to, to imagine the amount of pressure that you must feel because mm-hmm. this was also like your idea. You know what right. I mean? Like right. this, this was, was your you vision. bringing this to the table saying like, this is one of the things that we should uh, try and do. This is why I think it's a good idea. And then do it and then have them. And then had the Microsoft has your back, right? Microsoft trillion dollar company <laughs> has your back. They go for it. They like make their, their biggest, biggest. acquisition in their company's history. Fight it in court for nearly Two, two years, years regulators hundreds of millions of dollars on all it. these things those teams of yep. lawyers everything like satya nadella being asked questions all the time about it like we got your back this is a part of pillar of xbox right but it's like you know in the back of their mind you his mind would be like i better not fuck this up you know what i mean like i i, I just couldn't you know and i don't think he's i think it's going to go fine i think there's going to be some yeah. probably some probably hiccups and hurdles and stuff like that right but i think ultimately everything's going to go fairly as good as it possibly can and there's going to be a lot of great things come from this but like just that just that weight yeah of of this you know i i'm thinking about that when i'm watching him or hear, hearing these him make comments and stuff like that because you got to be like pr forward facing all these kind of things show confidence and all this you know but but he's kind of a real dude and he's like you know, this is intimidating. It's daunting. It's like well, he he said in the interview, "I never saw myself when I started at Microsoft being in this position." Yeah, right. This is Phil. Like he he was talking about it too. He's like, "I'm just like I'm a gamer. Like I yeah. like to play these games. Like like that's what I do." He's like, "I never saw myself here, right at this point, like ever. Yeah. Like I can't imagine. I can't imagine what the rise was like for him over the past five, six years specifically. I know he took over before then, but specifically once he had convinced Satya of this turnaround, like that rise and just all that pressure about these decisions Mm -hmm. that of course it's not him alone. He's not calling every shot, but the fact is that he has been driving this change as the head, as the face of Xbox for these past, like specifically six years or so. Yeah. I can't imagine, man. I can't yeah. imagine what that feels like every night going to bed with that. Yeah. And he was saying <laughs> that, you know, that, that, but he's talking about the excitement of it. I think that's yeah. how you got to approach it. Yeah. Right. You got to yeah. approach it with the opportunities that lie ahead really. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. 
that if that's what you're focused on, that's what's going to permeate out to the team. It's going to permeate out to the rest of uh, yep. Xbox and also like uh, ABK and all these things. So uh, that he was saying all the right things, man. I thought it was a great interview uh, overall. Yeah, it was. Uh, one last thing I will throw in here, Mav, is that he uh, they talked about Call of Duty again, and he made it crystal clear. And yeah. and again, this is Phil. We'll see how this all plays out, but he says. 100% parody. And when he's talking about parody, he's talking about content. So we've talked about this, how they could, you know, entice more people um, outside of just offering call of duty. Maybe we get special bonuses and stuff in, in game pass um, perks and that kind of stuff. It sounds like there's going to be none of that with call of duty. Like he is at, he's like, I am 100% it's again, even early beta access. He taught, he brought that up. Cause of course, PlayStation had the early access. He brought that specifically up and he said, I'm not even for that. Like there will be 100% parity when it comes to content, right? And he said, obviously, there's some platforms that technology-wise, you know, there'll be differences there. But he goes, as far as content goes, 100% parity with all Call of Duty games yeah. going forward. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how they do that. Yeah. Yeah, good put, conversation. Put it there. out there early just so there's no more questions about he, it, you know? He is, yeah, absolutely. Um, just really, really, like you said, Mav, a really informative um interview where phil was in his bag he looked comfortable for the first time in a while completely comfortable um just because it seemed like this big weight yes there's lots to do the the easy part quote unquote that everybody's saying the actual acquisition even though this was nearly two years of regulatory bullshit um is over and now integrating which again he confirmed he said two times the size now uh, integrating those, you know, employees into your system. That's the real hard part here and making it all work. So um, yeah, man, what a time, what, what a time. Um, Matt, do we have any super chats or anything that I missed in here? Uh, no, 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 I, let me go back and I think we're caught up, bro. We're, we're uh, caught up. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's see here. Uh, all right. Um, you lots got the, of good conversation the, too. You got the spooky um, uh, members for ten months. Yes, my brother. Yeah, yes. Golden Age. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, I did. Yes, I did get that one. Yeah, I said that earlier. Lots of good conversation in the chat as well. Lots of people. Um, Dion Hayes said, "Yeah, kind of like what PlayStation got going on right now with job losses, closures, Jim Ryan leaving, no roadmap for the PlayStation community, just baby steps and Splatoon for PlayStation." Yeah, so uh, PlayStation's in a. PlayStation's in a bad spot right now. They're in a rough spot. They're they're reloading. They're not sure what they're doing going forward. Really, they just uh, invested all this money and time into games as a service. So, you know, obviously that's a big push for them. They're all their studios, their big studios outside of Insomniac, who just continues to just pump out, you know, home run after home run. All the other studios right now are working on things, but there's no roadmap. Nobody knows what they are for sure, and don't know how these games as a service are going to come out. They're canceling things. Right. Um, you know, which is causing layoffs at some of these third party partners that they have. And, you know, Jim Ryan seemingly just abandoning ship. Uh, yeah. it, it's a tough spot for PlayStation right now. No doubt. They're uh, how many are in their own. I forget how many of the games of service that they officially canceled in their in their financial thing last time. Was it three? Three. I think it was total. Yeah. Three official. And then we had uh, layoffs at uh, mm -hmm. there was people that left Bungie. There's a whole like. Yep. lawsuit thing going on there right um correct and yep. then now there's the naughty dog situation with factions um yep. where the i don't know if there's layoff is there layoffs at naughty dog or is it just the one guy that left 
because of the uh, the one guy that we know of as of right now right. correct because they they sony playstation people forget that part of that three billion that they paid that everybody says they mm-hmm. overpaid was a large amount of money to retain talent right yeah. that was a huge it was a big number and there it was a hundreds of millions of dollars that was included in that to make sure that people didn't leave right um but eventually contracts run out. Eventually people are free to move on. And, you know, we, we might see more of that depending on which way Bungie's going. Maybe Bungie looks for an exit strategy again. Who knows? Who knows down the road um, with that? But yeah, for sure, there's been the one uh, guy. But let's let's talk about that, Matt, since we're here. Uh, we had some other news this week, too, of Bethesda. Um, people who've been with the company for a very long time. Pete Hines, yep. of course. Uh, you guys talked about that earlier this week. Um, but that was this week, shockingly enough. Like I said, <laughs> behind the scenes, I said, man, that felt like two weeks ago. But P. Hines announced his retirement, and we'll see what that means again when these devs announce retirement. Some of it's just NDA, right? They can't talk about anything. They can't go anywhere else because they're under competitive contracts, so they can't do anything else. Um, we'll see if that's really what P. Hines is doing. I, I wouldn't be shocking to me. And, and then we also had the departure of Will Sheen who was, this one was a little shocking, um, more so than even Pete, um, but he is one of the main crafters and has been for a long time of the missions uh, and campaign for Bethesda games, all the way going back to Fallout 3, and he was the lead um, mission designer for Starfield. Will Sheen is what I think is a big loss, Mav. But, you know, again, these things do happen. People get payouts when acquisitions happen. People get payouts and they are all of a sudden financially free to choose what they want to do. And that's why a lot of this happens. And Xbox has been purchasing, acquiring more veteran studios than say a Sony who has been making a lot of strategic purchases, but they've been making a lot of purchases outside of Bungie. And I just talked about how they had a big pool of money to keep people there. They have, they've been making purchases of newer studios, right? Like Jade Raymond's um, studio. So when Xbox has made a lot of these acquisitions of these, these elder statesman's type studios and publishers, you're going to see people say, you know what? My bank account's looking really good right now because of that acquisition. I'm going to go do something I wanted to do for a long time, or I want to make a change right now. And I don't have to worry about my family. I don't have to worry about stability so much anymore. I can go take a chance. So yeah. I'm going to go take a chance right now. Um, and, and will will actually went over to a studio that has been, acquiring a lot of veteran devs, yeah. wicked games, um, something wicked games, excuse me, something wicked games. They are making a game that we've seen a little bit of brief glimpse, a teaser of, of weird song, which is supposed to be a very dark fantasy RPG world. I'm super excited for this, but they've been collecting Bioware devs. They've been collecting Bethesda devs. They've been collecting everything. So Will Sheen and Pete Hines this week, Mav. Now, Pete Hines, let's start with Pete real quick. And I know you've already talked about it, and there's been a lot of speculation about Pete. Pete, we saw during the ABK acquisition, some of his emails came out where he seemed upset at about how Phil and the team at Xbox handled some of the communication with Bethesda and Zenimax when it first all went down and Phil was saying things about exclusivity and Pete seemed to be upset about that because they didn't give Todd the heads up that they were going to talk about it. 
Pete Hines has always been kind of cranky. He seemed a little bit more cranky over the past couple of years. There's, you know, speculation that he wasn't necessarily happy with this acquisition um, when they made it. But uh, Pete Hines, a veteran, 25 years, Todd's right-hand man, head of publishing for um, Bethesda. You can't downplay the loss overall of the experience and of the talent that Pete has. And again, I know people want to downplay him and say, oh, Pete never did anything. Bullshit. He's the glue. He's the behind the scenes stuff. He's the guy who gets these games out. But if he wanted to leave, more power to him. I don't want somebody who doesn't want to be around to stick around. Yeah. Like, I don't want that at all. So if that was his reason, then God bless you, Pete. Thanks for what you did for Bethesda all the years and, and everything. But that's fine. Move on. Go do your thing. If it really was retirement and he's staying retired because he does have a lot of outside things, I'm cool with that too. He's earned it. Go do it, Pete. I would. I can't say that I'd be Todd Howard sticking around after all these years. I can't. I can't. That's a different level of passion. Once you've made it and you've made it big, I don't know if I'd stick around. I want to go home and just play games, play with my dog, spend time with my family, travel, do all that stuff. Maybe that's what Pete's about. But, Mav, where are you at now that kind of dust has settled on Pete? I know you put out a tweet. What did you say? See you, Pete? <laughs> or said, something like that. Said, later, Pete. La you know? Later, Pete. Yeah, later, Pete. <laughs> where are you at now? But what, what do you think about Pete Hines leaving, Mav? Yeah, I mean, he's – and uh, it was hard. We talked about this on FSP on Monday, yeah. and it was kind of – it's. Like, I don't want to, like, disrespect the man because he's, like, done so much, right, for Bethesda and helped create, turn them into one of the best gaming uh, publishers out there. He's done an amazing job when he was in charge of all the marketing stuff and, and helping get things together and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like um, realizing that what his roles were and was kind of separate from Todd and, and those in the developer side, like as far as impact on the games, I think will Shin leaving will make a bigger impact. Right. Um, but I, I think Pete was kind of an interesting guy when this acquisition happened. I yes. feel like there was probably a little bit of like, doesn't have as much control anymore over things, uh, not able to um, get things done how he wants it without maybe some approval type stuff or anything like that. And I'm just speculating. I don't know. Right. No, but his apology but, to the PlayStation fans was one of those things. Yeah, too, and right? You look at that and that, for yeah. me, that's just ridiculous, hypocritical nonsense that came from him at the time. Um, and looking back on it even more so because when Bethesda was not owned by Microsoft, what did yeah. Zenimax Bethesda do? They right. were in negotiations with Starfield about potential right. exclusivity. Plus, yep. also, they had actually signed yearly timed exclusive deals for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo as well. Correct. There was no apology from Pete Hines back then to, 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 to Xbox, Xbox gamers. <laughs> I'm sorry that yeah. I screwed yeah. you guys by taking this deal because it was probably it was probably somewhat in that decision making process at that time. Right, being as high up as he was with Bethesda. Yep. Oh so yeah, for it's sure. Like, okay yeah. for him to do it, but when Microsoft takes that decision away from you, you got a problem, right? And right. then so you you have a, a little bit of an issue when you know uh that you feel like you need to apologize to PlayStation gamers, whatever, right? Yep. Um, and it's not even the first Xbox game from Bethesda that's been exclusive as well. So that like that was just kind of weird, right? And I feel like it wasn't necessarily about that happening i feel like it was about him not being the decision maker of the business aspect of that right and that made him feel that way potentially 
Then you also look into it as, okay, the email that we all saw about Todd Howard and, you know, mm -hmm. being kind of like upset. Don't you think that these people might ask Todd this question? Like Todd's a big boy, right. bro. Like he can handle himself in that situation. Yeah. And you're yeah. kind of coming off like as a little bit of like uh, yeah. a petty child in this aspect when you're looking at being concerned about Todd having to answer questions about Activision Blizzard exclusivity and why Starfield isn't like it. Come on. Re I mean, really that to act that way and that aspect there, uh, those kind of things kind of gave the feeling that he wasn't all in on the acquisition. He wasn't really right. um, on board with not having the control. And I feel like it's a control thing because yeah. potentially, yeah. I think for him, it's about being in control of what the, the does. It does being in control of um, the narrative and all those aspects. And, you know, they gave, they gave him a uh, promotion they put him in charge of publishing. I feel like it was kind of more so like an honorary thing uh, at the end of the day, trying to like keep him happy and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. He, he's going to go and move on and um, start another studio probably eventually or something like that. Get some other veteran talent. Go together. work for PlayStation. Maybe I just maybe yeah. we'll give him a spot. Yeah, just got to hope that Todd doesn't follow whenever that happens. Yeah, yeah, know? shush, 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 Cause... we're not even doing this, sir. <laughs> we're not doing this. We're not talking about that. Todd, uh, again, as I said in the DMs, has to stay at Bethesda making his style of games until I can't play games anymore. Yes, Todd's <laughs> yes. older than me, but he's got to he's got to continue on. And then as soon as I can't play games anymore, Todd's allowed to leave. And go retire if, and if, be done. if Todd goes too, then you know a lot of developers <laughs> will follow him wherever he goes. Yes. Also, because it's like his yeah, team. That's you know. a close knit team. Yeah, bro. that's that's, that's one of the rare exceptions in yeah. this in this industry, right there. Yeah, and, and it's a veteran team, and people have left before and stuff. Like, oh yeah, will leaving. Course. It's not like you know a huge. It's not the end of the world, thing, but like, but it's it is continuity is good. Yeah. So, and he's he he again. A lot of people have said, even some of the people who said. Starfield isn't their favorite game. There's been a lot of missions in there. A lot of the crafting mm -hmm. of those missions that people have all said have been fantastic and some of their favorite of all time of Bethesda. And yes, no, Will does not work alone, but he is the head of that part of it. And so, you know, there is a loss there. Again, I don't blame him. If this was the time to move on, he got paid out because of the acquisition. He's been there for a long time. I'm sure he had stock options. I'm sure he got paid. He, he, if he's going to make a move and go try something new for a change at a new studio um, with something with something Wicked Games, then this is the time you take those chances. So I don't blame him at all. I, again, best of luck to Will for sure. Yeah. I just, it's going like to be it. interesting. I, I am surprised. Like, you know, yeah. all the acquisitions and like the reason I'm not like, oh, my God, like raise the red flags or anything like this. Like, like if you look at all these acquisitions, they started making since what, 2017, really? Yeah, um, yeah really. They started yeah. bringing them all in and all these things. All the big, important people are there yeah. at these studios. Now, you've had people yeah. leave and kind of go and, and, and all these kind of things like in these studios. But like. You know, Tim Schaefer's still there. You know, you still have the head guys. Josh Sawyer's, and... your, your Brian Fargo's, yeah. they're all still in play. That's the thing. When people start talking about this, I'm like, you really want to go down this list? Because you can look at some of the veteran studios and how the heads have stuck around. Yeah. And most of the main people have stuck around. The, the only other like, one would be Shinji Mikami, but that right. was already foretold before the acquisition even happened. So And he, and he wanted to go do something different. And yeah. he's got a right to, again, he's proven himself. He can go do 
do something else, even if it was about Microsoft. And he, you know, he's one of the old school Eastern developers. Maybe he still didn't like Microsoft. That's fine with, I don't care. Shinji did what he needed to do, built up a studio underneath Bethesda, got young talent on board, which obviously showed through with Hi-Fi Rush, et cetera. He can go choose to do what he wants to do. If he wants to leave, that I have more power to him. And yeah. yes, he has already announced that he does want to work on at least one more game. He's he said he's got one more game in him. Yeah. So he wants to go try something. More I power. It, I bet you. it's a horror game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't doubt that he teams up with another big name from the East and Ooh. goes and does something again. It would be cool as hell, man. Yeah. Shout out to Shinji. Um, shout out to everybody. Again, whatever the whatever the reasons are, I, I don't care. I don't sit here and worry about this stuff per se. Again, if all the heads started leaving, like if Brian Fargo started leaving, like if Josh Sawyer started leaving, if Todd left, like then I'd be like, okay, what, what's really going on here? But the fact is they've retained more talent and grown those studios beyond what they were when they acquired them. I don't have the yeah. worries of all these people. We've and seen people leave PlayStation Studios too. People yes. will leave, right? Yes. And like it's yes. just the fact that they've aren't like it's already six years later since a lot of these acquisitions had started happening shows that there's at least some semblance of happiness there with the situation, right? Correct. So absolutely, um, yeah. And you and you've heard most of them come out. Brian yeah. Fargo's been out here talking about it. Uh, Tim Schaefer has been a huge proponent of how it changed Double Fine when yeah. they got acquired. They were more than happy. He's like all that nonsense. Me trying to go find funding Our, for each and every the, game the and every game being cheerleaders yeah. of all in yes. exile. Yes, yeah, in exile, in exile, and their devs are freaking fantastic. Yeah. I love all of them over there. I see big. I've said from the beginning. In Exile could be that purchase that was under the radar that nobody thought about because they were just known for Wasteland. They were just known as, oh, they do that. They do that Wasteland, which is very popular in that genre you know, that me and Mav love so much and that tactic strategy genre. But we all knew, I said from the beginning that I saw big things from them. And if they hit with Clockwork Revolution, and they're gonna, look out. And I, I believe 100% they are hitting with this game. They have, it's going to be huge. They have talent at that studio that has been oh, like untapped for so long yes. with what they're yes. able to do and you talk yes. about the veteran teams yep there's a but like the, the culture feel i get from in exile and some of these studios even though they've grown since being acquired is like this it's like a group of people that have been working together for decade plus or more and just uh, that's their life and they love it and you know what i mean and now they're being supported mm -hmm. on a level they've never had before Correct. and still getting to go to work and do the same thing they've been doing forever, except yep. making bigger, better things. Right. And, and um, Xbox for better or for worse has been completely <laughs> yeah. hands off with these devs. Yeah. Right. Completely. They, they are all free. That's why Josh Sawyer got to go make Pentiment, which nobody ever in their right mind in this industry of high risk ever would have funded and published unless they were owned by Xbox. This was a game that Josh had always wanted to make. They keep all their people happy. Again, not everybody's going to love where they work. Not everybody's going to have the same mentality. Again, people mm -hmm. are going to leave. People are going to do their thing. But overall, for how many acquisitions Xbox has made over the past six years, they have done an incredible job retaining a lot of talent that was already there, that those people are just happy as pigs and shit, as they say, right, to stick around and go to work every day, like you just said, Mav, knowing that financially – Right. They're not under the gun. Yeah. That a studio like Arcane can make 
a game that isn't successful like Redfall and still not have to worry about a closure like they would have had they not been owned by Xbox, which I truly believe Arcane might have been a studio that ZeniMax closed up. Had they come out with Redfall and it hit the way it did for Xbox, that they might have said, yeah, you guys have you guys have been critically successful in a lot of your games, but you've never been commercially successful. We can't keep doing this with you guys. Yeah, that is certainly a big possibility. And a lot of people believe that they were on the chopping block until Xbox came in. So um, I think that just takes so much pressure off these guys and gals that work underneath this umbrella. And uh, again, the future is so bright that we've talked about it time and time again, studios like compulsion studios, like in exile, they can just go to work, you know, Hell, even the guys over at Ninja Theory got a brand new studio with state-of-the-art equipment because of how much Phil and the team believe in them, and they're making Hellblade 2 the game that they envisioned Hellblade 1 to be, but they did not have the backing to do it. Now they get to go make their complete vision, and we're going to see how it turns out. Yeah. Freaking so cool. Yeah, so man. cool, man. I got a little question piggybacking on a conversation we are yeah. having earlier. I, I don't just yeah. pop, pop in my head. And I, you know, I don't want to get in this whole thing. Oh, Xbox can buy everybody, so let's speculate on it and stuff. You know, um, yeah. which it's always fun, and I don't necessarily mind yeah. doing that. No. Um, no. But in in the in an arbitrarily handcuffed world to where Xbox had to choose, which they don't, but if they had right. to choose yeah. between a Night Dive Studios to revisit and remaster yeah. games, yeah, or um round eight the developers of lies of p right if yep. you had to pick one yep. for some reason yeah like if you, which would be a bigger target for you round eight round eight yeah round eight the talent that they showed with this game and again i'm not this is coming from a non-souls player that i played the demo and i just said yeah no this is too soulsy for me but the talent they showed in that genre which is a very hard nut to crack map there is zero question about that we've seen what happened with the lords of fallen team um now too with their performance issues and what they put out the fact that this team knocked it out of the park with their first game on a brand new ip taking a ip like pinocchio and turning it into this dark fantasy world you have young talent that is undeniable in that team and i think that not to say that remakes and remasters are easy because they're not we've seen a lot of failures there too but you can find or put together studios to do those more frequently than you can find a studio who with their first real big game out the gate in a tough genre knocks it out of the park and has hardcore souls fans saying, I love this game. You take that every day and twice on Sunday, not to mention they are also an Eastern studio in South Korea that you're trying to get a foothold in the East they can bring that flavor. Their attention to detail over there is different than a lot of Western studios. So yes, I take round eight every day. I right do. On. Yep. That's my point. What's yours? What would you say? Oh man. I, um, I, I kind of almost want to go with night dive. Okay. And that's fair. I, I understand why I, I do. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like, you know, we talk about game preservation and mm-hmm. you know, all these things. Uh, all the time and to have like a studio dedicated to that kind of aspect to bring old franchises back and back to current life and and uh, with with new releases like i think you could churn a lot of these out good uh, also yep. like they've proven to do it at a high quality right mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So absolutely. Like I feel I feel like it's something I would appreciate. That's not yes. necessarily something that we're already getting a lot of, right? Mm-hmm. We're getting some like a quick to remaster and all these kind of things, right? But I would I would like even more of that, you know. So mm-hmm. night dive, I get it. Could be an awesome solution. For I that. mean, again, if it was personal for me, of course, I'm going to yeah. play more. I would play more night dive games than I ever will play probably out of round eight. Right. Just impact wise for me. I just look at the impact of that. A Bloodborne had for PlayStation having that exclusive. Right. Um, And that people still talk about it. Now, I know. I know. Again, it's still niche. Again, it's talked about more than there are actual players of Bloodborne. I get all that, but it's still synonymous with PlayStation, and there's still people every year clamoring for a remake or a number two nonstop. And if you can find a studio at that talent level, and I think Round 8 has shown, because obviously they didn't probably have the budget anywhere as near what a From Software game has, and they still pulled it off. I would take my bet on that just impact wise. But me personally, of course, I'll wind up playing more night dive games. Um, just remakes and remasters of that at that level mm-hmm. just don't have the same impact at overall that brand new franchises or stuff like like Eliza P can have on a game uh, or on a company on an ecosystem in 2023. That's where that's where I'm at. But game preservation. From what I would play, absolutely, Mav. I agree with you, and I understand where you're coming from, 100. percent Yeah. All right. Ah, oh, interesting conversations. I love it when we go off track and just do our thing, man. Because I could sit here all night and talk with you about <laughs> this stuff, man. I could. I I really could. Yeah. Um. Now we're kind of getting into the smaller stuff, Mav. Um. Is there anything you really want to get in? We've been going for two what two hours two two and a half um, hours already, almost two hours. Would it, is there anything uh, you want to touch we should, on? We should probably touch on the other, some of the other uh, big releases, like. Um, Spider- oh yeah, we should Spider-Man probably get Spider Man too. Yeah, and... there is a little release this week, and yeah. Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder as well. Um, yeah, let's go Spider Man too. Um, we got the reviews. Uh, official uh, drop is tomorrow, right? So people are lining up for midnight launches tonight. I know there are some midnight launches for it. Spider Man, undeniable. Insomniac again between 2018 and miles morales these guys insomniac just crush okay they know what they're doing they pump these games out spider-man 2 came out and the reviews dropped and i think it's currently sitting at a 91 correct i know or 90 some i know it was flickering between those two and there were some people Um, panicking that it could drop on on open critic right which i love i love open critic yeah so uh, Metacritic, I think it was hovering between 90 and 91. There were some people panicking that it could potentially drop 91. to the 80s. Yeah, 91 as well. Okay, perfect. So it's pretty much solidified itself there. Uh, read the reviews, read a bunch of the reviews, watch some of the, the stuff. It's Spider-Man. It, it, it's Spider-Man. They have definitely made it bigger um, because they've added new parts of the world. The reviewers, here's what I will say. And again... Take it for what it is. It's opinions, people. (laughs) And now we're starting to see some of the glitches and some of the bugs and how real those are, how widespread they are. We'll never know. Every game has them nowadays. This is why I never pay attention to that nonsense because it is what it is. We've seen some videos questioning if there's been a downgrade to some of the gameplay. But the reviewers seem to really focus on the fast travel, Mav, as some... yeah genre defining moment in gaming and i'm 
I'm not being over hyperbolic here. There was some language being used in some of these reviews about not just the fast travel, but the traversal with the wings, like that this was groundbreaking stuff. Now, I understand that it's new to Spider-Man compared to 2018 and Miles Morales, that this is definitely something that speeds up your your your, your movement through the game and that the, it feels great because you're kind of free to you know get to wherever you want to in this game but I, it really seemed like they gave bonus points for this and i don't know how much of bonus points you can give on this uh but for me that's what i got out of the reviewers obviously a lot of reviewers said the story was really well done they enjoyed the main story i did see some people point out that some of the side mission stuff was once again kind of lacking that it wasn't new that it was reused stuff um, there's, you know, word is, is that there's more MJ missions, which most people I think universally don't like out of the Spider-Man <laughs> games. So I just think overall, again, opinions being opinions, it's a 91. It is what it is. People are touting it. Just seems like they kind of glossed over some of the faults, Mav, and once again, focused on some stuff that I yeah. personally would not focus on what do you what do you think about spider-man i know you're dusting off the ps5 i know you're excited to play spider-man 2 and there's no doubt that it's a good game to a great game um again insomniac is insomniac i think they're one of the best developers out there even though i don't play their games generally speaking um but what what are you thinking right now Mav? what are you excited for spider-man 2 this friday you really dusting off the ps5 you're gonna buy it i don't know if i'm gonna get it right away um i'm thinking about it but also super mario wonder comes out and it's like i Mm, which one do I want to get more? I'm trying to make that decision right now. Yeah. Um, I, it's been longer since I've played like a really great new 2D Mario game. Yes. Um, so that's kind of got me thinking more so about that. But uh, it's like FOMO's also getting me, and like I I really had fun with the 2018 Spider-Man. Uh, the reviews are are great. It's it's like you know what happens when you don't hyper focus on little aspects that don't necessarily mm-hmm. make the game worse, you know, yes. or better yes. instead. Uh, and you don't arbitrarily knock a game, super low scores or points over stuff that is just ridiculous is uh, that's what happens. But for some reason it, you know, yeah. other, other games get picked on like that. Um, yep. Get really nitpicked and hyper focused on a few little negative things, despite being one of your favorite games ever in this generation. Uh, yet you still score them a seven or an eight or whatever. And yep. and then this game, you're like, oh, you know, it's all these amazing things, and I'm not even gonna really mention any of these negatives because they're, you know what, they don't really matter to me. So you know what, right. it's a uh, so like what, the picky choosy stuff with the reviews and stuff is just really annoying. However, that's to be expected right correct um yeah we are now well aware of how this works right yes <laughs> and we this is the this is the world we live in and this is a, yes. this is a, for example this is just like jedi survivors so correct. for those people thinking this is a console war issue no 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 it happens I, with multiplayer games all the time it, yeah it happens with multiplayer games but it does happen more with xbox games i will say um if you're looking for uh, one publisher that gets picked on more so than others, uh, that would be Microsoft. But Jedi Survivor, same thing, had massive issues, right? 
had yes. a lot of problems. I yes. all these things like just oh, completely overlooked game of the generation. All, all the so, game suddenly, the when the patch came out, everybody was like, "Finally!" Yeah. What, what do you mean, finally? You said it was the yeah, greatest game it was uh, this year. You, know, you <laughs> said it's your favorite game. Like, what are you talking about? Finally, you gave it a ninety-five. Yet, yet you you said you didn't think there was like you didn't like the fast traveling in Starfield. Yet you knock it three three points for that. You freaking idiot. Anyway, like that's just what happens now. It's just the world we live in. So I I kind of I mean I I saw this coming really kind of for Spider-Man yes. like a high 80s yes. low 90s type score yes. or whatever it's kind of irrelevant um the Spider-Man looks like Spider-Man it looks like the game I thought it was going to be and yep. um it looks pretty good um I hope I don't accidentally swing into the back of a truck and get stuck in there like some people are having happening or a building to them or a building and and get trapped mm-hmm. Uh, so there's the, su- some- the subway seems to not exist too. Yeah. We'll see if that's real. Like if, but if that's the case, that's the stuff that has been pointed out in other games that's, as a negative. The, the stuff that people pick to, to get, to get angry about on one game and not versus another, mm-hmm. the overselling of features that have been in games for over a decade is, is, is also a thing, right? I, I try and put that shit out of the mind of my mind about the overhype of certain aspects and the overcriticalness of some aspects, right? Mm-hmm. And I try and look at it for what it is, which is I think is what all games should be judged on as what the games are. So as far as that, I'm not going to disagree with whatever the Spider-Man two overall yeah. scores are and stuff yeah. because I feel like it's probably a good game. It's probably a great yes. game, uh, despite yeah. these little flaws. It's just this annoyance that other games get picked on for less. Right. Right. Uh, right. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know 100% if I'm going to play it right away. Um, okay. I'm really more, I'm most interested in the story. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot tw- of people would say it's good. Yeah. 2018, like I, I love the story. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I kind of like, I didn't go do all the extra side stuff. Right. Because I was kind of played out with it. The Mechanically, the game kind of got a little repetitive for me. Right. I uh, just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like three or four different style missions, and then you kind of do those, and it was kind of like, okay, I'm just, I was kind of done with it. And then Miles Morales was more of that, so I just kind of was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So Spider-Man Two looks like they're adding some new things in there that's going to make it uh, fun and exciting. Um, uh, the fast travel shit and all that, I could care less. It, it, yeah. it helps make the game better. That's cool. It's not. Yeah. It's not anything that hasn't been done before um it's actually been done twice re- in the last year by ubisoft actually with riders riders republic yeah. and both and crew motorfest have the exact yeah. same thing in the game um mm-hmm. but no none of these reviewers that reviewed the game were saying how amazing and and defining of a moment this was for gaming mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this actually that actually worked on last gen consoles as well. Uh, so, like I said, Driver San Francisco had something yeah. similar, and people were like, "But look at it, it's a lot. It seems to be a lot slower than Spider Man." I'm like, "Dude, you're talking about a game from 2014, like nine years ago. Of course, it's going to be a little slower. They didn't have SSDs back then, but it's the same premise. It's just not as smooth per se, but it still works the same way." Again, I just thought it was funny that all the reviewers were like yeah. praising that, like some game changing defining moment. Like 
That's what they did. It's marketing. It's what they did with Ratchet mm. and Clank and the and the yeah. portals, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. And for some reason, these a lot of these reviewers and games media and also a lot of the fan base uh, just like completely yeah. takes it for what it's worth, and then it eats up the marketing and advertising, just like unreal five and all these other games that like do the same thing like where they hype up features and acronyms and and all this yeah. stuff about oh it's genre defining never been done before nope. the power of the ssd this or that and it's like okay cool yeah i, I get it um you know i'll go play crew motor fest and do the exact same damn thing <laughs> you know if i want to but if it's but it's not it spider it it's not spider it's not spider it's not spider i'll no. put a spider-man vinyl on my car <laughs> let's see how people like but yeah it, Girl, it, 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 i mean i'm glad it's gonna be it's i'm glad it's a good yep. game i um insomniac just doesn't miss um i hope they fix no, the I'm uh happy for that studio glaring so. uh bugs and glitches that seem to be uh written within the game and uh they didn't really get enough flack for that maybe as they should have other games get more but it, it is what it is mm-hmm. you know Yep, and I'm I I am overall super happy for Insomniac. I'm overall happy for everybody who has been looking forward to Spider Man Two. And there's you know again for all the Spider Man fans out there, for all the PlayStation people that do have been looking forward to this. Listen, hats off again. Whether or not it's a game that I'm gonna play, just like Super Mario Brothers Wonder or Tears of the Kingdom or any of these games that I'm not ever going to touch. I don't care as a gamer. I'm happy when other gamers are happy. And if you're not one of these fools out here that are using it as some kind of console war shit or spreading negativity or whatever the case may be is if you're not one of those people, then I am more than ecstatic for you that you're getting something to play. That seems to be another home run from insomniac. Because again, if that's what you like to play, if that's what you look forward to, I totally understand that was me with Starfield. That's why I hyped Starfield for two years. That's why I can really say at this point with 250 plus hours in not touching the main missions, not touching any of the content that, you know, some people consider the game. Yeah. I think it's my favorite game of all time. I can see that. And again, if if that's what you hold for Spider-Man two, then again, more hats off to you. You're getting your game of the year. You're getting that moment where you get to pop it in. And the, from the opening title sequence, you get to smile and you get to go, God, this is why I'm a gamer. That's what it's freaking all about at the end of the day. So I'm happy for this, that it turned out as good as it did, seemingly according to the reviewers and all that kind of stuff. No matter what the score is, doesn't matter. It's a good game. I'm happy for all of you because that's that's truly what this is all about. So, um, yeah, I think it's cool. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it, man. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be giving it. it a go at some point here. I just yeah. so much. Dude, I mean, this would be easy day one for me. Kate was asking me, like, you can play Spider-Man. I'm like. Yes, but I want to play Diablo. I want to play Halo. I want to play Starfield. I want to play Forza. I want to play Super Mario Wonder. I want to play Assassin's Creed. I want to play Mortal Kombat. Like, there's other games that, honestly, like, I would more actually looking forward to and interested in Assassin's Creed Mirage than I am probably Spider-Man 2. Right. Um, Review scores (laughs) be damned, right? Right. I, I, I haven't played this kind of Assassin's Creed in a long time. I'm looking forward to trying that, you know, again. Um... There's other games that, like, I was joking around about Crew Motorfest and stuff like that, but, like, I actually do want to try it at some point again. I did play the beta a little bit, and it was fun. Um, so I've been actually thinking about maybe I do the Ubisoft Plus thing for a couple months here coming up because we still have Avatar coming out later this year, supposedly, yep. too. Um, uh, but there's just so much, man. It's, like, cra- it's crazy, this 
crazy. this year right now. It like is. we've never been eating this good, I don't think, in in the long, at least in a long, long time. Um, so and but, I and I, you know, I got the same sentiment towards Super Mario Brothers Wonder coming out to great reviews. Now the question is whether or not Super Mario Brothers Wonder can shock the world and take Game of the Year over Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate Three, right? Because it's two D classic Mario, which. A majority of reviewers and gamers in general grew up on at some point and have touched a Super Mario Brothers game. Like, if they actually pulled this off, and this is what everybody's saying it is, and I've heard nothing but high praise for it, then does this just nostalgia-wise push it over the top with those that do vote on Game of the Year, even over something like a Baldur's Gate 3 or something like a Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? Can Super Mario Brothers wanted to shock the world and do it? Like, I'm just so happy that all the Super Mario Brothers fans are getting exactly what they have asked for a brand new game. Sure, it's the same premise, but my God, Mario Elephant, even as somebody who has no interest in Mario, like the Elephant Mario just cracks me up every time I see him. I think it looks fantastic. Like, this is the cool stuff. This is why I call it the golden age of gaming. We're getting these games that nobody thought we might never see again, like a 2D Mario original yeah. game, right? Not remakes, not Mario Maker, not any of that stuff that they've done a billion times, but an original 2D Mario platformer. Like, that's so cool to see. And Nintendo is absolutely killing it as somebody from the outside looking in, as we've talked about, Map dropping basically everything they have left before they announce the new Switch. They're just dropping all these games and it's just been a lot of quality, just a huge yeah. games for people. God, so but cool, you got to hope they're going to be back and pad. I'm going to tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, well, we've already had this kind of necessity. Yes, but I'm not holding my breath, bro. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But this year, these are the games that everybody's come through. Everybody outside of the nonsense, outside of the bullshit, outside of the scores, everybody has come through this year with exactly how we thought it was going to play out yeah. now. And then there's been surprises mixed in there as well that other people never saw that none of us ever saw coming in a lot of ways. That's what makes us a goat year. That's what makes us probably the, my, I, when I look back at it, probably the greatest of all time, even though I haven't played some of these games, that doesn't matter to me. I look at general as a gamer or as just looking overall as the industry. This is a goat year, man, for sure. Probably yeah. the greatest of all time. It's fucking it's incredible yeah man. it's nuts and we're it not is. we're not done yet no we're not here. done no alan wake 2 is going to come out yeah. and blow people's mind too from everything i'm seeing yeah people are saying, people are saying it's going to be amazing yeah that's i don't know how this keeps happening I, all these yeah, games <laughs> and like and even like assassin's creed mirage right like is uh yeah. i didn't score as well as maybe they had hoped right Correct. but uh it's still selling like crazy um one of their it's like the fastest selling assassin's creed or something like that or i I don't remember what they said exactly but um i mean just absolute monster of your it's interesting what those financials earlier we're talking about with uh from matt pescatella though like some of the annual releases like the the not the cod but uh um like madden and stuff like that is actually down significantly this year right maybe it's because everything else right yes because people are playing different stuff. Yeah. There's more to play now. We've talked about this, man. That's why you can't, that's why you really can't screw up. You don't have redemption arcs like we used to see in a lot of games. So, yeah, Cyberpunk, but that's this is three years later. This is them completely revamping the game. For the most part, nowadays, you can't have that initial screw up 
because gamers just have way too much to do, do man. They got, they got a hundred other games in the wings, almost literally that they can play. And it's just like, you can't really come back, but we have seen some uh, battlefield 2042 Mav resurgence, halo infinite resurgence battlefield 2042, by the way, yo, that game is hitting some all time numbers, like out of the blue. Yeah. Like that was dead. Man, do they, do they have a de- Halloween thing going on or anything like that? Oh, they got the new season and everybody's loving the new map and stuff, supposedly. Like it's just in such a good spot that yeah. people who love bat again, some of that is just you still have a core fan base that even if they say I'm done, even if they say nope, they've screwed up too much, yeah, they still come back. We all do that. Mav, you and I were playing Battlefield when there was five thousand people playing it. And sometimes and we were 3, having a people. blast and we were having a blast on it. Right. Cause we're battlefield fans through and through, but most people had disappeared, but now it's in such a good spot that here comes the resurgence again. Like it's, it, it's just a really difficult place for most games now to, to do because of the simple fact of how much content's out here and yeah. how many games there are to play. So shout out to Jamie Moran too. Uh, if you don't follow him on X, uh, go follow him. Uh, he's always posting Xbox content, but uh, he just posted some screenshots of, 4k screenshots of dragon's dogma 2 which we all expect mm, next year man yeah oh, so freaking good 2024 is gonna be just as good uh, as 2023 maybe so it's good man nuts uh it's nuts uh oh did you uh look look what i got uh guys what you got what you got see that right, right there i'm gonna switch over so i can see what right next got? to the i can't reach my camera any further than that Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The Starfield wrap. Yeah, if anybody didn't go check out Mav's unboxing the Starfield wrap, it was freaking awesome. The music playing in the background, Mav, and I don't know if you, per- I don't know if you purposely choreographed it, but it almost worked out perfect. Like with the timing of the yeah, yeah, with just, the timing. That's just locked. <laughs> just locked, man. I saw everybody posting their wraps showing up this week. It was pretty cool to see uh, the community, everybody uh, posting it and saying, "Hey, look at the wrap! It it looks great." Again, yeah. I couldn't justify 50 bucks, but yeah, if I was in a different I position, I would have bought it. It looks freaking dope, bro. Yeah. It really does. I it it fits it like a glove, man. It's like yeah. so easy to put on and stuff. It's like, is it is it high quality feeling as oh, everybody said it was? It's super yeah. like, yeah. You know, it feels like but, when it's on the console, it kind of almost yeah. feels like natural to the console in a way. Console? It, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. It fits it very snug and super easy to put on. Just like wrap it around it, slap the, slap the back on. It's like, to, wrap um, around and slap it yeah wrap, them. wrap around it, slap <laughs> slap it. it. <laughs> you know how we do around these parts let's go um yeah things that super, can be said nice. in other situations all right yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's super cool to see and again everybody's showing i was getting jealous because i was like damn man it looks so good man it would look so good uh man I, I, uh, where's the forza one where, yeah. Why didn't they? Why didn't Xbox release the Forza Motorsport wrap? Let's go. You know well, we that... have we have to scratch our heads at certain things. Yeah, where we think it's common sense, and we know that it's going to be a big deal. But for whatever reason, like the business, the people when they're in those rooms, they just don't see. Like, why didn't they have these wraps long ago, Mav? Like, I know the console was limited, and they weren't selling as much as that they thought they were. But we're still talking about yeah. millions and millions of consoles out there people were looking for customizing con- their consoles. Like this is the perfect thing. The face plates used to sell for the 360 nonstop. Yeah. The minute they showed this thing off, 
it was like selling like hotcakes, man. Oh, if, if you, you did, did like these third for the big party deals too, yes, the ones you have market deals too. with, like if you had a Diablo them. Four wrap, oh well, they own them now. They could, like, right? They Call could of, now. Call of Duty, uh, cyber, yeah. but like third party yes. deals with Cyberpunk, you know, they could have done mm. that. Like, um, man, oh. like I, I feel like they're like the Starfield one is kind of like a test, right? To see like sure. how it does, you know. Why didn't you test earlier than this? Yeah, but like, fuck, I wanted, a, I want a Forza one, man. I, I right. really do. I would have bought a Forza one. Um, if, yeah. And I want a collection of these. I don't want to buy the generic ass ones. I want the video game yeah. ones, right? Um, yeah. I, I want to form a collection of these wraps. I think they're absolutely high quality and awesome, and I want to see more of them uh, just, for all the big games. The only concern I have, Mav, is just like PlayStation and their plates, now that they've, they're going to do the yeah. refresh, the plates don't work on that refresh. So if the redesign that we saw of the new series X console is real, these wraps aren't going to work on it. Like that is kind of yeah. shitty. Like that's like, you really, well, so I, maybe there, it maybe there be enough only, reason for me to switch to the, to the, you no, know, not for you X, personally. Right? No, they're not, but the, I'm just saying in general, it kind of sucks. That yeah. It hurts for PlayStation sales and, potential and of the wraps yeah. because yeah. all the new consumers would be buying the other one. Right. Right. So maybe they'll have a different version of it for the rounder round consoles, you know, round just, front. I, I just think know. whatever they're going to do, they should go again. The series X is why I like the series X design. There was so much potential there for custom consoles and stuff. And I know we saw also in the leaks, the potential down the road where they're going to start doing actual custom consoles, right. Where you can yeah. order them in different colors and do that kind of stuff. Like you can with controllers, that would be dope. But this rap was a great freaking idea. Mm -hmm. You're right. They, they, they could have gone nuts with it. Well, and the reason so I said Forza because it released like around the same time as Starfield. So yes, like, if they did, just would have made sense to one. do a Forza one also. They could have like went and got one, you know, based on one of the car manufacturers that they're partnered with for it or something like that, you know? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Though they had to deal with Porsche. Remember Porsche? Yeah. Uh, they had to deal with Porsche and they did the custom consoles, the limited editions, which everybody kind of, panned and said they were ugly or whatever but you could have done something with porsche and had it on there mm -hmm. or you could have done you obviously got to deal with you know uh chevrolet and corvette right because yeah. that's one of the main cars but in the cadillac yeah, so cadillac's on the cover yeah, right so yeah yeah you could have done that i mean there's a lot of different ways you could have gone um real quick too map speaking of forza forza did get an update this week now i know you played i haven't played since the update so I was just curious if you noticed any differences because um, I've seen a lot of people's posting screenshots and stuff where the color and stuff seems to have been corrected. So I was just curious if you had noticed it. I think I've only done honestly like one race since the okay. update. Cause we, I didn't we've know, been on, uh, I thought maybe you had done Diablo yeah. and, and Halo yeah. and some other stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm still loving it. It does game. seem like it's fixing. I've it. been itching to get back to it, but the problem is, is like other we've been playing some other things the last couple of days, you know. Again, Forza is not getting deleted. It's just one of those games I'm gonna continually go back to from time to time and play because I love driving and stuff. It's just like you said, there's just too much right now, man. That's mm -hmm. again, Star I'm missing Starfield, even though I'm enjoying the hell out of Diablo 4. I'm missing Starfield not playing it because again, that's just my game of the year. Yeah. It's my game of the generation. So, like for me, it's like so tough right now to balance all this shit. It's so been so few and far between generations wise when I've been put in this spot just because of how much has actually how much and how great the games are coming out right now are that I've want that I've had this feeling where I'm like, Oh God, I missed this again. When we fired up age four, I was like, fuck, I really would like to sit down and really play a lot of age four, age two. It's like, I just don't have the freaking time right now, man. Yeah. I just don't. 
Got to make those decisions. Uh, speaking of which, too, uh, Game Pass throughout their upcoming list of games, too. So F1 Manager 23 is coming out. I know it's not popular necessarily stateside, but obviously in Europe, it's a popular version of F1 where you kind of do the higher level stuff. F1 Manager 23 coming out to Game Pass. We got Frog Detective. We got Headbangers Rhythm Royale, which is that crazy pigeon game we've seen a couple times, which is a little ridiculous. Again, I don't care about rhythm games. It's an indie game, but a lot of people, you know, again, they just look cool. Uh, Jusant, which I am definitely interested yeah. in trying out. That looks like some kind of just uh, meditation type game. That's a palate cleanser for me where I just pop that. If I need to be going to bed and I need to kind of get down off of Diablo or call of duty or Starfield, Jusant is that game I put in that kind of gets me in that relaxation. Really looking forward to Jusant. That's coming out. Um, Minky's night market is coming. City Skylines 2 is coming to PC. Again, that's been delayed for console. Those reviews came out today. Now, again, this is a city builder. This is probably the most popular city builder out there. City Skylines 2, last check, was hovering around an 80, Mav, which is big time. Yeah. Um, and they even admitted that it was going to have performance issues when it first dropped. That's awesome. Um, One of the reviews fixing. was, like, really low. Yeah. I think maybe even IGNs yeah. or something. But the... Uh... Yeah, um, overall, overall sitting around like high 70s, low 80s. Yeah, like and I want to download this into my PC and check it out on PC. I've never played this game on PC before. I can't wait to see the graphics on PC, especially the higher end stuff. I want to see what it looks like, but it looks fantastic. Yeah. And then, math surprise, a surprise this week was announced. I didn't think we would see this till next year. I really didn't. But EA is dropping Dead Space Remake in there. Cloud, PC, and Xbox Series consoles are all getting the Dead Space Remake. That's big time. That's early, bro. Because generally it's six months to a year. I definitely thought with the critical reception of this and the, you know, from what, how many people were playing this game and just loving it that they would hold off. But man, we're getting early, early holiday present, Dead Space Remake. Not going to lie. I might download it just to hop in and see real quick what it's like. So it came out in, I guess, in January. Did it come out in January? January, or February, one of the two. Yeah, so it's been about nine months, roughly. Um, yeah, I suppose. So yeah, supposed yeah, to be very October. I, I know yeah. that the last um, Fallen Order for Jedi Fallen Order it took yeah. about a year. Yeah, right? correct. Yeah. So they are a little earlier on this one than I anticipated. But it's crazy, man, that EA yeah. games. I know. Hit, we get those. EA too. games hit Game Pass Ultimate before <laughs> PlayStation games hit PlayStation uh, X plus extra. Um, between all the other day one things we get on Game Pass or all those other Xbox games coming to Game Pass, EA games, let that sink in. Even a third party publisher has all of their games drop into Game Pass sooner than PlayStation has their own games drop into their own subscription service. Yep. Pretty crazy. Um, however, yep. uh, Dead Space Remake is a big addition, bro. Yep. Um, it, is. it is also one of the uh, most highly touted games of the year. Um, I'm personally looking forward to giving it a go. So uh, this is going to be kind of like my fourth or fifth try to try and get into dead space right but now it's brought up current uh i'm maybe this is gonna be the one maybe this will be the one that does it i mean maybe i'll play this one with kate watching so we can relish in the uh in it together 
It probably can. I'm going to see if it's too scary for me. That's why I'm going to probably download it and check it out just to see if yeah. I need to put it into the catalog of games, my library of games that I'm going to play, or if I can go, okay, they did too much on the remake and I can't do this one. Because again, right. Dead Space is right on the old original Dead Space were right on that limit for me. Um, Steel and I are going to go back and finish three, by the way. It's so freaking good in co-op. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely want to see how this one plays, but I'm just, I've seen the gameplay, obviously, and I've seen the screenshot. It's gorgeous. I can't wait to see how it looks on my big screen. Oh my God. Yeah, I, um, it, this one never really scared me. The original Dead Space, like yeah. it, it was just felt a little slow for me. Okay. More I mean, it was slower paced for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, especially during that time, it was definitely meant to be that way psychologically yeah. too. So, and I think because I wasn't getting the like the horror yeah. elements weren't really clicking for me. I think that just felt like I was playing a slow, methodical, it was too slow, methodical for me at the time. But you know yeah. what? I'm older now, and maybe a little bit more. I don't know if I'm more patient or less. Actually, I don't know, but we'll we'll, we'll see. see. Maybe we'll uh, see. maybe I'll uh, be into it. <laughs> But it is great. It's another great addition uh, to the uh, Game Pass. Uh, again, the Game Pass has been knocking it out of the park this year, too. Uh, it's been so good. And next year is going to be no different. So, and we got Persona coming up. I mean, I'm overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I really am. <laughs> uh, all you Second Extinction fans, by the way, um, which we did play, that was during a slow time. Uh, we hopped in and had a lot of just pure fun uh with second yeah. extinction for a while there map we, we really did um they said it was not successful enough to pull it out of um of uh what do i want to say not beta but uh pre-launch i guess or yeah. whatever what are, yeah whatever you want to call it preview um preview uh yeah they it wasn't successful enough even though they've tried they've updated it time and time again it's been ongoing but they finally decided to cancel the whole thing um, so any second extinction fans out there, you can get your last run in here for a while. They said they are going to keep the servers up until later next year. And then they're actually going to bring down the servers. So get your second extinction dino killing fun in. Uh, I know there are some people that play, you know, on a regular basis. So get, get it in while you can. Um, other than that, I don't know, man, have you got anything else in uh, here? Uh, Iron Man, Unreal Engine. Oh yes. Yes. I was going to bring that up. Uh, yes. Uh, in, uh, shout out to Insider Gaming. Uh, shout out to Tom Warren. Again, love what they do over there. Not everybody's on board with him, but I love him. He's obviously got sources. He is spot on when he makes reports. Um, EA's Iron Man game is going to be made in Unreal Engine 5. Okay, I want to get Mav's thoughts because he's got some thoughts on Unreal Engine 5. I think it's cool. It's obviously graphically going to be great. We've seen problems with Unreal Engine 5 so far, on, especially on current-gen consoles, but even on the PC side of things, they have a stutter issue. So this is an interesting choice. But for me, the number one bell that went off on my head when I saw Unreal Engine 5 was, so how are you going to mimic the Anthem flying mechanics? Because Frostbite from frostbite into unreal engine five, because we all know the one thing I think anybody who's talked about the iron man game coming from EA was like, great. Don't screw this up. Use the Anthem flying mechanics and you win automatically. Number one, 
the one of the most important aspects, if not the most important aspect of an Ironman game is how does the flying feel? How does that movement work? What does it look like going from ground to air and back again? And Anthem for everything else nailed that 1000%. It's one of the favorite mechanics people always talk about. You got to use that in Iron Man game. EA, don't screw this up. Um, okay, well, red red flag. I, I mean, again, I'm not a developer. I don't know. Maybe they found a way, but Mav, go ahead. Unreal Engine 5, Iron Man, what's your thoughts? Uh, I saw this and I saw a lot of people excited. Yep. Right? Um, yes! It's made in Unreal Engine 5. That means automatically it's going to be freaking great. No. Uh, that doesn't mean automatically anything, right? First off, uh, there's been a lot of misses in games made in Unreal Engine 3, 4, 5, whatever, you know? Um, so ultimately, what I say to that news is I don't give a shit what engine you use. Just make it a yes. good game. Yes. 100. Obviously. Just make it good, <laughs> and then you can tell me what you technology you use to create it after the fact. And I will be happy and say, oh, cool, that's interesting. Until that point, until the game is good, I don't care. I don't care what engine you use. That's cool if you want to tell people, whatever. News comes out, all this stuff, all this hype and excitement, whatever. I don't give a shit about that. Just make the game good. Yes. And, like, it... I don't care how many acronyms are involved with the development of the technology of a game. I don't care about which lighting model is used in development for the game. I don't care about ambient occlusion and uh, ray tracing and, and all these other things, right? But when the game's in front of me, it looks good, it feels good, it plays good, tell me how you achieved it. And we'll celebrate it. Right? Not beforehand. Not beforehand. I will not celebrate the tech that a game used until the game comes out and actually uses it well. Point blank, period. I'm not going to be excited about any announcements ever for any fucking technology or technical shit about advancements in a game and some bullshit acronyms and marketing speak or anything like that talking about oh, this is gonna be next level because of this engine or this or that until the game comes out and it's fucking good and it plays great and it feels good then we can talk about how amazing it was the technology that they used to create it that's that's what i'll do going forward i'm like there's a hype around that shit i i understand for the techies right but you can be excited about technology and stuff, but if you have an idiot using it that doesn't know how to use it properly, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? So at the end of the day, we'll see how it turns out. I'm hoping for great things. EA is yeah. doing some great things right now. Yep. Um, it's interesting that they're using Unreal Engine 5 instead of their own fro- instead of Frostbite. Um, yeah. Because that's the, that was their thing. They wanted to do everything in Frostbite. Remember Vince Zampella was originally was like, no, we're using nope. source, right? And they're right. like, oh, okay, go ahead, Vince. Yep, and that's now, fine, Vince. <laughs> and now you see this game that's you know, Marvel tie-in stuff, a big game. People are kind of going to be looking forward to it, and you, you're not using your own internal tech. Now you're going to Unreal Engine. Um, got to curious about the decision-making that move, especially when Frostbite is designed 
around battlefield and like destructibility and all these kind of things as well right that kind of feels like it would have fit in well with an iron man game right you've seen could you imagine just combining the two aspects like combine anthem flying mechanics right with battlefield destructibility and environment kind of environments and stuff you have an iron man game correct you have Iron Man built in right there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it kind of was surprising. We'll see what happens. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we will. I mean, it's it's a ways off yet. Um, I think their Black Panther game is due before their Iron Man game. Black Panthers probably will. I imagine we'll probably see that next year. We still got to see Wonder Woman too. From um, what's it called? God dang, man, we got so many games. Yeah, uh, Monolith still. Monolith, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got so many games that we still knows out there, but we haven't seen them yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's fucking insane. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm curious again. As I'm not I mean, again, Steel Rain is one of the biggest Iron Man fans I know. He's super excited about this. Obviously, um, even as a non superhero fan, I want to see how they pull this off. And again, my only thing is like, you guys got a great flight mechanic in a different engine please find a way to mimic it because if you don't you're gonna hear about it if they you if you screw it up it's gonna be a problem um but uh i am definitely interested motive uh is a good studio um and i want to see their take on iron man and iron man can be a really cool character and obviously the other thing is who are they going to get to play tony stark yeah right um because we've seen other games uh, not obviously have Robert Downey Jr. And it's always a little off, right? I mean, uh, Avengers Avengers, and uh, um, uh, Midnight Suns Mav, yeah. was one that you pointed out was you were like 20. I mean, he really grew is. on me. The, the, those, <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. He did better. From Midnight Suns. Yeah. Like yeah. eventually yeah. like I, they grew on me, but like the right. Avengers ones. <laughs> yes. Some of those ones, like it just never really like right panned out. They were like, it was like the actor's cousins that like never took <laughs> acting classes or something like to fill in the roles. Cause they kind of look like the actors, uh, you know? Yep. I agree. Um, last thing, Mav, uh, that I've got on my list here is another game that we want to get back to. And we do want to play at some point again, because we did play it after the update, which was Redfall. Uh, Jez, uh, they did a Xbox plus one, uh, Xbox two plus one um, with uh, um, John Linneman, uh, right from Digital Foundry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jez mentioned in that episode that he has heard from some of the Bethesda people that they were talking about sticking with Redfall for years. They want to give it a redemption arc. I saw a whole bunch of people come out on this map and be like, why? arcane move on why would you xbox why would you waste more resources on redfall it's done it's over with people have moved on forget about it you and i played after the update and had a really good time we played for like three four hours or whatever it was and we had a good time redfall to me has potential as an ip now we can debate whether or not the potential is done over with burned to the ground it's scorched earth forget it but i always saw it as potential as transmedia going other places with it some of the characters some of the story it's a really neat thing we don't get a a redfall show could be really cool yes it could a redfall anime could be really cool they're like there's a ton of stuff you could do with this game with the ip i should say 
but the game itself, do you think that it's a waste of time for Bethesda to continue to work on this game that they obviously, again, it is what it is. It spilled milk. They came out. It wasn't what it was supposed to be. Do you think Arcane is wasting the time? Do you think our Xbox is wasting their resources at this point? Or do you think that there is a purpose to go ahead and continue to work on this? It's never a waste of time to stand by your product. Right. You sold this game to people. Yep. Right? People, whether it's in Game Pass or not, a lot of people have bought this game for full price. Right? Yep. Um, and also, it lives in Game Pass. Like uh, I think it was even Pete Hines that said that. It's, people were... This is going to be in Game Pass for forever, right? Right. So, Correct. like, having a game show up to be its best version of itself is something that's important. And if they feel like they missed the mark on it, which they've done, um, mm-hmm. what I feel like is something that Xbox has become really good at is if you have something that doesn't hit the way you want um, at first, you can still put the effort into it and have something that you can build upon right you look at it example over an example time and time again sea mm-hmm. of thieves right yeah um state of decay mm-hmm. one and two mm-hmm. same same kind of situation right um halo infinite even with the con- lack of content now to where it is with season five the amount of positive conversation coming out right now you want to look at it a bigger example for multi-platform third-party games? Cyberpunk. Yep. Cyberpunk, right? correct. Yeah. Like it's an easy one to point out. There's there's lots of examples of games that were like, oh, this really missed. And it would just be easier to move on from it. Mm-hmm. Pull a EA anthem it, right? Pull yep. you know, do that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Why waste your time anymore? Move your resources onto something new. You know, stop putting money in that. But standing behind your product and putting yeah the value back into the product is for me always the best solution. And it's not going to necessarily do it every time. Right. No, no. Like you look at it like bleeding edge, right? There's not like huge updates, massive updates coming for bleeding edge or anything like that. Done. Yeah. But, (laughs) but there's people still playing it. They're still supporting it somewhat. Like they have the servers on whatever. Right. Um, But so there's examples like that, but you look at an example, like, Redfall, do do they see something there? And I feel like there is something there. We had a lot of fun playing the mm-hmm. game. The mood and the feeling and the setting of the game is awesome. The guns are great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great aspects in there, and they're kind of missing some elements to kind of hide to to kind of bring those to the best light. Like um, even though they updated the amount of enemies and stuff, it still feels like a little too few for me. Right, but there, there's an interesting thing that going there, and I feel like they can expand upon it. So, um, first off, just make sure you keep building upon this to make it the best version of itself that it can be, to stand behind your product. And if you are successful in that, and it actually has a positive impact in the game and the reception, and people come back, then you have something maybe you can build upon. Right? If not, then you know what? Just leave it there, and maybe you revisit it some other time. But uh, I hope personally that they do keep updating it and there is more content down the line in the future that could come out for Redfall because I feel like what Xbox has done with other games and what um, we've seen in even games like another Bethesda example, Fallout 76, right? Sure. Different kind of game, 
right? Yep. Had a disaster launch, though. I mean, you want to talk about disasters? Like, that's even bigger disaster than Redfall, right? Right. Uh, People love Fallout 76 now. People rave about it that are playing it, live in the world. It's a fantastic game now, right? So even though this is not necessarily a live service game like that, you can still create that um, perception of it down the line, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Which can save a franchise, can save a game. Um, And that's what I want personally because I think it's cool. I think the vampire aspect is cool. I think the world they built is interesting, and I want to see it grow, but we'll see. Yeah, for me... I got a lot of same thoughts because I do think the main point is, is that it is going to live on in game pass forever. Yeah. As far as we know of, right. It's going to be there forever. So if that is the case, then again, when people come into your ecosystem, not that, not that they're going to go search out for Redfall or that's going to be like top on their list, especially, you know, right now. But the fact is that people, as we all know, Matt, those of us that are subscribed to game pass, you scroll through all those lists of game pass games. And then every once in a while you come across a random game that you were like, ah, let's try this out. That's going to happen with Redfall as more and more people enter this ecosystem. Again, Microsoft is, is looking at game pass as not capped right here. They're talking about wanting to get to a hundred million as we saw in the documents at some, you know, by 2027 or whatever it is, they wanted to get big marks. Well, all those people a lot of those people won't even know what Redfall was or is or the expectations behind it, what it was supposed to be, all that kind of stuff. A lot of those people are going to be brand new to Xbox. Yeah. Maybe some of them are going to be brand new gamers and they're going to be trying things. And Redfall might be that game when they're flipping through like, oh, I want to check this out. The vampires, I love vampires. Let's go kill some vampires. You want that game to be the best light possible. They're not talking about taking the main arcane teams and putting them on Redfall for the next three years. There's going to be Arcane's going to make other games, right? They're going to make yeah. they're going to go back and you know they're going to go and make big games. They're talking about keeping a team that can continuously work on Redfall and update it. And I think that Mav, from what this said, if Jez, if what Jez heard, and again, it's coming from Jez, he does he does know people. If he, if he what he is hearing is true, and, and Xbox greenlights this roadmap with Redfall, then to me. If they're going to do what CDPR did with Cyberpunk, which is possibly get it to a good spot, maybe a couple more updates, get that DLC, those DLC characters out, and then go dark. And they are all of a sudden going to surprise us a year, year and a half, two years, whatever it is down the road with Redfall 2.0, just like what CDPR did with Cyberpunk. And they re have gone in and revamped the game because there are still a lot of issues despite the improvements the ai still is not overall good at all it needs to be replaced they could do more to populate the world they worked on including some new missions but let's be real mav you and i were playing them and they were pretty much rescue missions like oh these people are you know tied tied up if they're going to go back and do a Redfall 2.0 and basically do a relaunch of the game, let's say two years from now, okay? I'm just throwing out a number because they said years or just said years. If that's going to happen, then I am all for this, giving it a chance. Because again, I'm I'm not in the mindset, oh, they're not going to work on any other games that they're going to put, you know, this whole team's going to work on this. That's not what I'm thinking. 
So if you're going to do something like that, then I think you do have the potential because as we've already stated, both of us, there is a lot to work with, with this IP. And if you could even have a semi successful redemption arc with it down the road, who knows what else where you, that could lead to with Redfall. And I think that there is a world there where Redfall does branch out and you could do more with it. If you put the time and effort into it now and you make it something, Again, maybe it never reaches what we originally thought we could. Maybe there's still, you know, a whole lot of people that say, well, this is not a true arcane game. You can tell they were doing something different. That might all still be true at the end of the day. But if you get it to a good spot where people can jump into it and be like, damn, man, this is really good. I'm having a lot of fun with this, man. The characters are really interesting. The world is cool. Like the atmosphere, like you were talking about, map is all there. Then I think you could branch it out. And I think there's a potential that, you know, that that IP still lives on in some form or fashion. And I think that that's the most important part. And you pointed out all great examples of games that could have died off, that games that were developers or publishers could have given up on. And again, I'm not saying that we're looking at the next cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was a, again, one of my goats of all time, a masterpiece in my eyes, eyes, even day one without the patches, despite the bugs. Okay. The writing, the world, all of that stuff, the missions, all that stuff is just simply fantastic from day one. Not saying Redfall has that recipe already built in, but I do believe that there is something to build upon. And for Arcane, as I said, if I was a developer at Arcane and I put my time into making this game and it came out the way it did and didn't live up to what our original vision was, I would have a hard time sleeping at night if we didn't get a second chance or a second go around to try to do something with it. I, I would not want that lingering with the, the prestige that arcane does critically in a lot of us that do love arcane. I wouldn't want that over. I, I would say, God, I really want to get back to that and work on it. So I think you give developers who do, make that raise their hand and say, Hey, no, we'd like to fix this or we'd like to make this better. If you have the resources and it makes sense, let them go fix it. Let them go try to do what they want to do with it originally and see where they can come up with it. Because this is a crazy industry and you never know what happens again. Battlefield 2042 is all of a sudden breaking records. Like that was dead. Okay. Dead, dead. Not saying Redfall ever gets there, but I think that the, they do have something to build upon and I, I would let them go ahead. Not the whole team, not, not saying yeah, all hands on deck, I, I but just let them work on it as a passion project. Some people think doing that means yeah. you don't get new games from yeah, no, arcane and that's no. not what it means. It just means you have a, a team, whether you uh, yep. have a certain amount of people work people on it know. or yeah. Or like you bring in more people to yeah. keep supporting or whatever it is, you know, like, and I think state of decay is maybe like one of the best, examples right because um state of decay 2 especially yeah um because it hasn't stopped them from working on their new game right but they've kept updating and updating state of decay and polishing Mm. it and making it better Mm. and giving more content over time and you know it's in some ways it's kind of similar aspects there's a uh you can play it by yourself you know, you have like a town and, you know, you can play co-op if you want to as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, so there's, but it's not necessarily a live service game. Right. Uh, yep. But they have added content over time for free. So I I feel like Redfall, like to, if they want to try and kind of 
really kind of reestablished that as like a, for a positive thing. Um, yes. Pulling a state of decay is a good thing because games really buggy at launch had a lot of issues mm. right they totally revamped the entire yeah. game yeah um so just keep working on it stand behind your products yeah. it can do yeah. wonders um and just don't yeah. give up when the going gets rough you yeah. know i mean oh. sometimes you do have to cut your losses yeah. and it's a risk but at the end of the day you know if they again if if there's people in arcane that want to do it and, and he, xbox and phil are willing to do it then so be it I mean, every time one of these games stumbles or it doesn't isn't very good people are asking for this like oh just move on you know like they, they did it with halo like hey just stop supporting halo just make the next one or they did it with this and like these games get better and better over time and like if people are enjoying them and playing them and there's enough people that worthwhile to that can access these things why not like why not keep making these games better why not keep supporting them over time why not try and drive players back to the franchise or to the game to try and save something that you've spent years and millions and millions of dollars on just in marketing alone you know like what you just want to throw it away in the trash because you done fucked up, you know, like there's so many examples of games that have struggled early on or had bad launches or whatever, and they can be redeemed. And that's one of the benefits, honestly, about being part of Microsoft was the max Bethesda. If this was otherwise, you probably would not be seeing these updates and all these things coming from, for this game or the potential to, uh, to even have this conversation. Right um that is something that we should look at as a positive thing like mm -hmm. if a game comes out and it doesn't necessarily meet the expectations or standards stand behind the damn product right don't give them excuses don't give them a free cop out don't say it all if you just screwed up just go make something else instead that i might like better what about the people that bought it what about people that were lo really looking forward to this game or really believed in this franchise or even the companies that invest so many so many hours and time and dollars and all this stuff behind it make the most out of the opportunity that you have and if there's an opportunity there just go for it i'll just say fuck it you know it is what it is take a loss on this huge thing that we felt so confident in that we flew people out to our um thing way ahead of time we had commercials everywhere we had uh shown this game so much like marketing was out the ass for for redfall right they obviously believed in the IP. Yeah. I don't know how they missed the fact that the game was going to launch in the state that it was. But if it launched in the state that it is now, it would have been better received. And yeah. I feel like they're going to hopefully, hopefully they keep giving these updates. Um, it's just one of many. And guess what? They can still make a prey to, they can still make a, you know, Dishonored, Dishonored 3. 3, they can yeah. still do whatever else and still deliver yeah. upon the potential of Redfall. Don't give up on it. No easy way out. Yep. Don't, we're not asking, we don't want to ask them to anthem things, guys. At yeah. least I don't. I don't know. No, I don't. I, again, I, again, I will always give devs a second chance if they want to and if they that's their passion. If they don't so. want to work on it, if they say, hey, yeah. we're done with this franchise, yeah, hey, then, then, that's, then that's fine, right? But I, I honestly fine. don't feel like that's what Bethesda was saying. No. Right? No. no. Um, anyway. Cool. Awesome, Mav. Great discussion. Chat. 
Y'all have been fantastic tonight. Mav, is there anything else you wanted to get to? Uh, I think we're good, man. Cool. I think we nice are three crazy, hours. Bro. We've been, uh, bro, this is, uh, again, as you said on Luke Lore's, as I said on Luke Lore's show, uh, shout out to Luke Lore, by the way, Insipid Ghost. Uh, go check out uh, his uh, latest feature with Mav, by the way. Uh what is it? Is it the creator's corner? Is that yeah, what it creator is? talk? I think it's creator talk. Yeah, yeah. creator talk. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, go check out his channel, by the way. Uh, just superb work over there that he does. Most of it solo is just absolutely he's awesome. But uh, he did had a great interview with Mav, but we both he had interviewed me uh, a month and a half ago, two months ago. Yeah, and we both wound up saying the same thing. Thursday night, first, yeah, yeah, he did, he did, yeah, yeah, he knew what was up. He was saying the best for last, actually. Yeah. Um, but you are uh, the host of PM and the PM, so I understand. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting is therapeutic in a lot of ways for us, even no matter what goes on during the day. Uh, both Mav and I said it when we were being interviewed by Luke, in kind of almost the same fashion too. That no matter what's going on in real life, we come here, and the energy from the chat, the energy between us, uh, whoever's on the podcast, whoever's on the show can absolutely turn around a whole day or a week or whatever the case may be. Even if it doesn't feel like it uh, when you first get there by the end of it, it's simply fantastic. And uh, again, I love doing this on Thursday nights. It's middle of the week kind of deal or end of the week, however you want to look at it, but it really is just a, just a straight up energy cleanse when I come here and talk to my brother from another. And this was another great show and chat. You guys are absolutely 1000% part of it uh even to the people that lurk uh and i want to give a special shout out to one of our lurkers uh true gamer 79 he is always in the dms he is always talking gaming uh they are i should say um never met him so i'll say they they are always talking games they're always in the dms they're always lurking out here uh and actually comments during the show about what we're talking about there's people like that there's people who never show up in our chat but are out here listening all the love and respect same to all of you because you all make this show go that energy is received whether you believe it or not while we're live on the air you all add to it so thank you all for being here it's a great episode of pm and the pm episode 91 we are approaching 100 map which is absolutely insane to me but brother we got xbox ultimate tomorrow night what else you got coming up are you gonna be doing any streaming or what are you busy yeah, what, what, maybe what, some what streaming this about? weekend i don't know yeah. there's so many halloween events going on man like it's yeah. making me want to hop around some of these shooters and stuff so mm, maybe playing some nice. of that this weekend maybe yeah. some streams going maybe we can convince you to play some call of duty with us or something i don't know uh maybe some more diablo too holy shit i got, I got oh call of duty downloaded so i want to hop in i want to check out the like, the butchers there and all this other stuff's going on in that game i want to check it out man, yeah for sure so yeah um keep an eye out for that guys but besides that tomorrow's night's xbox ultimate podcast at 10 p.m eastern time uh monday you got fun speculation podcast at 10 p.m eastern as well as uh as also fun pop on tuesdays at 10 p.m eastern and we're kind of doing like a horror movie watching uh, thing right now. Um, we had to watch Three Bits' favorite horror movie of all time this week. Uh, it was called Grave Encounters. So if you guys want to check that movie out and give us your thoughts on uh, Grave Encounters on Tuesday. Um, and I think next week we're watching Hereditary. So Nice. So that, this is nice. what the plan is Good now. Movie. Maybe it'll change. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing right now on uh, Fun Pop. So come hang out. Have some fun. What about you, Pong Soul? 
I didn't mention it, but man, your pictures I was while I was talking of the sphere in Vegas are cool. Greenberg posted those. Yeah. That's pretty damn cool, bro. Again, they're, Xbox marketing is rampant, bro. Yeah, they're up. ramping it up right now. Yep. Big they time. are. The ABK done is uh, yes. they're saving all this marketing dollars they've been saving up and yep. like waiting on to unleash. They're like, hey, it's time. Fucking let the floodgates out, you know. Let's go. That sphere in the Vegas is completely ridiculous in but that's the state we're in in 2023 but it's damn cool like they, they've oh, done some yeah. really cool stuff with it man. i need some so, this needs to be more cool shit just random cool shit like that in the world man it's like it's awesome to see anyway it is it is um but you know yeah uh everybody thank you for being here and enjoying the episode along with me and mav again thank you for the great conversations in the chat as always you can find me Pongsol on x formerly known as twitter Pongsol on the xbox follow me i will follow you back tomorrow night of course i will be on xbox ultimate uh with the fam we shall have a great time there and then saturday morning set your alarm set your reminder stop on into the living split screen split screen is all one word my brother from another steel rain and i take that ecp that's right rts satellite whatever you want to call it We've got a bunch of names over there. View of the gaming industry. We talk all the good talk. Three plus hours. Buckle up. It is always a fun time. Every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time. Be there for Living Split Screen. And then Saturday nights, back at it with the Shop Podcast, PTK Blam, Fuzzy Belvedere, and myself as we also end your Saturday night the right way with good, good conversation over there. Lots of good conversation. Lots of good. We always have Matt's become a regular by this point. Anyways, he's part of the family, but we always have good guests no matter who's on. Um, but be there 10 p- or 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time, the shop podcast, PTK Blam's channel. And then next, next week, it starts all over again. Of course, got to shout out my man, Mr. Boomstick, double barrel gaming five days a week. Guy never stops, never sleeps. But Tuesdays, Xbox Factor Podcast, all good things green, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Great panels, great talk. My favorite place on Tuesday, so be there. And then, of course, Thursday, back here again for episode 92, God willing, for p.m. and the p.m. Otherwise, everybody, it is the golden age of gaming. This is special right here, right now, what we are experiencing and going forward redefining the industry so uh get out there play what you love love what you play and i'm going to talk to you all real soon mav get us out of here brother peace out everyone have a good night also audio listeners thank you so much as well appreciate you all take it easy Thank you.